Blog Talk Radio. Royalty. Royalty. Power to the chosen people. Bible in my hand. Word inside my heart. And pain before my eyes. Broken people wanting to believe in something. Looking for a life, trying to find the truth. But we give them doubt, saying we do something we don't. Hurting people, saying we do things that we won't. Whooping, she's clothing with a cross on his chest. Taking people money, promising to be blessed. But power to the chosen people, who at one point wasn't viewed as an equal. His own chosen people, royal priesthood. That you've been called out of the darkness Into the marvelous light Do you know who you are? Royalty Once we weren't the people Now we are the people Do you know who you are? Chosen people. 
think Molly said it best, royal, 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 royal priesthood, royal, royal people. And, of course, he is probably talking about in the spirit, which definitely those of us in Christ have been definitely made a royal priesthood. But tonight we're going to be also looking at bloodline. Who are the people of the book? And why does it matter? And what does those people today have to do? Or what is the difference between the Israelites of today and Christianity? Tonight, we'll be talking about that. How's everybody doing tonight? Welcome to another episode of Blog Talk Radio. Uh, This is the show, the open forum that hopefully many of you are looking for. Um, I know that we normally do our family shows on Tuesday, and uh, tonight we'll will be one of those nights where we'll have a public show versus our family show. So to the Douglas Candy, might as well go ahead and get this out of the way. Not that it's something like a chore or something, but uh, just a message to the Douglas Kennedy family before we get into the show here. If you haven't heard by now, the uh, family reunion has been canceled. The family reunion, can't believe I'm saying that. I look so forward to attending that uh, reunion, but it definitely, definitely has been canceled. The family reunion this August 3rd through the 7th, 2017, has been canceled. And I, again, want to thank Darlene Douglas and all of those that work hard behind the scene, uh, just promoting and pushing and and all the things that went on behind the scenes. So, excuse me. Sorry about that. I had to sneeze. But, fam, I just want to remind everybody again that the reunion is canceled. Reunion is canceled. And uh, But this show, the Douglas Candy Family, well, the Douglas Candy Family Friends Network, that show hasn't canceled. We will continue to do the shows and bring the family together all across the country. We will continue to do the Douglas Candy Family Friends Network show all across the country. That will not stop. But, yes, it is true. The family reunion has canceled for sure. So I kind of hate saying that, but uh, just know that family, and uh, we'll just work on the next one. And um, Darlene did say that there was going to be some people coming anyway. So for those that say, I'm still going to Austin, I got my plane tickets, I got a reservation, I'm still going, you're more than welcome to come on to Austin. Uh, Well, let me just say, let me just take it the safe route. Darlene said, give her a call. So if you plan on coming, Contact her and she will uh, let you know whatever that they're doing there in Austin to those that's uh, coming anyway. Okay? But again, the family show has not canceled. The family blog show will continue to blog. So anyway, family and friends of Five Smooth Songs, how are y'all doing tonight? How are you doing tonight? Well, I hope, hopefully you're blessed. Hopefully you're uh, obedient, more obedient than... Uh, you were yesterday and following the Father, doing what He wants you to do, because we know this is how His blessings come upon us. Not that we're serving Him for the blessings, but we know that we're blessed whenever we're uh, most obedient. So anyway, family and friends of Five Smooth Stones, just want to go ahead and just uh, invite y'all to another open forum. Tonight we're going to be, again, talking about the difference, the difference between the Hebrew Israelites and the Christians. Uh, as y'all know that the Bible says many times that the Father would scatter his people, his chosen people throughout the four corners of the earth, and that they would there serve their oppressors. And this was due to a curse out of uh, Deuteronomy 28 and um, 
We know wherever Israel is at today, they are going to be fulfilling prophecy no matter what. And we know that Christ has come and have, have redeemed us from the curse of the law. We understand that. But this is a little different when he talks about him scattering his people and uh, what they're going to go through, especially those that are without Christ. Now, again, uh, I just want to I just want to go ahead. And, I have to say this before we get into this topic, so y'all bear with me. I'm gonna go a little a little fast here, but just just bear with me, okay? This show is a very this topic is a very touchy topic. A lot of people don't want to hear words like curse, curse, curse. And we will before I say one word. Well, I've already said one word, but before I get too deep into this show, I just want to let everybody know those of you that have given your life to the Father and is following Christ's example, there is no curse that will come near you, period, end of story. You'll be blessed, and your house will, and your home will be blessed. We're talking about a nation tonight. Tonight is about a nation. Tonight is not about individuals. It's about a nation. It's about what a people will go through, how, how they will go through, and uh, we're actually not going to get too much into that. The show is more talking about the difference of how those people that are found out, they are Israel. Again, the show tonight is about those people that have found out that they're Israelites or they're Jews of the Bible. Uh, we're talking about African Americans now that have found out that they're one of the lost tribes of Israel. Tonight's show is talking about how... What is the difference when they practice their faith as a uh, a a Israelite or a Jew that's awakened now? You know how the Bible said that he would scatter them and, and cause them not to be a people and cause the remembrance of them to cease among all nations. All these are scriptures that the Father said he would do to Israel. Well, they're being waking up right now. They're resurrecting right now as prophecy that it might be fulfilled in many books of the Bible that Israel would be scattered, but then they would wake up. They would resurrect. Ezekiel 37 is the first chapter that comes to mind, but there's many chapters that talks about when God scattered his people throughout the four corners that there would be a remnant that would be salvaged, but that the whole house would be awakened. So we're living in 2007 in the time in the resurrection of the true Jews or the true Israelites. So tonight's show is about those that have resurrected. Now that they have resurrected and they're forming again this beautiful house called Israel, what are they practicing? What is their belief system? How do they live their lives? And how does this defer from Christianity. All that coming your way in a little bit. I do have a guest that's going to be coming on shortly, and that's going to be Ella Shulman, if you know him from Israel now. I'm Seth Turner, if I didn't already say. I'm from Five Smooth Stones, as you probably see there on your little advertisement. Five Smooth Stones is putting on this special, and I invited Israel now, one of the spokesmen for Israel now, Brother Ella Shua, and we're just going to be talking about the difference between Christianity and the Hebrew Israelite community. This is a new community. This is a new baby. This community, these are mostly young people that have embraced this new identity, and they are 100% scriptural. We'll get more into that. But when this show is over with, our goal, friends and family of Five Smooth Stones, our goal is to make it crystal clear, crystal clear, 
the difference, which is really not much, between these young people mostly, it's a lot of older people practicing, a lot of old denominations practice this. We're not the first ones to say we're Israel. Church of God in Christ in its early inception used to believe that a lot of the early black uh, movements uh, from civil rights, a lot of these, a lot of these old leaders believe this. This is Garvey, lots of them. We're not the first ones. We're not the first ones. But as you know, the truth cannot be squashed. Squash this identity of these people. Many uh, 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 attempted to suppress this identity of these people, but it's going to keep arising, keep arising. The Father declares in his word many times that Israel will be resurrected, but only a remnant of that resurrected nation would do things like return to the land, and it's going to be used mightily of the Most High. It all boils down to Christ, no matter who you are. We're not about to tell you something more different than being submissive to the will of the Father and following Christ's example. I can tell you that right now. I'm going to tell you pretty much the whole show in about 15 seconds. We're not going to be talking about anything different too much than having the Father on the throne of your life. These are the little customs we do and keep those of Neil compared to us obeying the, the scriptures and the spirit minute by minute. That's what it's really all about. So that hasn't changed. But I do want to give my guests a little bit of time to come and uh, share with us. So I tell you what, I tell you what, let me go ahead and cover a few more things and we'll just uh, go to Brother Ella Shure, uh, all the way in Fort Worth, Texas. So listen, again, for those of you just coming in, I want to thank you for stopping by our Five Smooth Songs. I want to thank all of our old followers, uh, our old followers that's been around since 2011 for following Five Smooth Stones, supporting us here and there. I really appreciate it. Keep those comments coming and those compliments coming. Really appreciate that. Talk back to us. And I also want to thank, again, the Douglas Kennedy family for stopping by, checking out your cousin, seeing what he's up to, and being um, supportive as well. Many of you in the family have not missed any of these shows this whole year. And even last year, some of you have been haven't missed a show, period, since we reunited as a family. So I want to thank you all. I really appreciate you all's uh, support. All right? Family and friends, I can promise you all one thing tonight. Tonight is going to be one of those shows where you probably want to grab a pen and jot some of this stuff down because it's going to be some things I guarantee you a lot of you have never, ever, ever heard. Guarantee you a lot of you have never, ever heard. And um, uh, more importantly, a lot of what you're going to hear tonight is going to be very much biblically based. These are scriptures that a lot of times you will not hear in your churches because no offense to your pastor. A lot of them don't know. They mean well. They're very good people, a lot of them. But some of them are more afraid. Some of them know what we're talking about tonight, but they're just afraid. They don't want to open up this uh, Pandora's box, so to speak. They do not want to start, uh, be a part of this movement because it is definitely controversial. Okay, because if we start saying we're the Israelites and we're the Jews, then the question, the big elephant in this room is, we're saying pretty much that the people of Israel is not the Jews, not the the Hebrew Israelites, not God's chosen, according to the Old Testament, that is. So, 
a lot of people just don't want to have a part of that. Now, you can't blame them. You cannot blame them for that. And uh, But at the same time, we are to, to preach the word. We have to preach the word. We have to preach what the Father and the Holy Spirit is guiding us and not so much what is politically correct. And this is where five smooth songs come on the scene and the people like myself and Brother Elishua and all of the hosts of guests I've had over the years. Many, many people have been on the show. And this is where we are just rocking the boat, so to speak. We're just simply trying to do what the Father is truly saying, whether it be controversy or not, whether it can even cause us harm or not. We're just trying to be truthful where this message is concerned. Now, is this message, uh, uh, family and friends, is this message a one-message fix-all? No. This message is good, relevant, and is more importantly ordained of the Father for, for some reasons that is just powerful. Let me talk to you. Here's the first thing you might want to jot down. Why the brothers are on the on the line tonight talking about the difference? Um, excuse me. Why they on? Hold on. Let me back up. I'm talking. I'm getting all excited here. What you want to jot down and what I'm about to talk about is some of the reasons this message of first of all who the true Israelites are. How that African Americans is one of the lost tribes. There's other tribes. There's other people that live just like we live, fulfilling all of the prophecies set forth in Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26 and, and many other hundreds more scriptures in the Bible. There's other people that actually live those out, and they are nothing more than a sister tribe. So why is this important, Brother Seth? I want to first talk about why it's important to even know who the true Jews are. Make this really quick, I'm as quick as I can, Okay. So, again, I promise you, you want to write this down. You're not going to want to rewind this whole show just to get these few pointers. So, write, jot this down. The first reason it is important for the church, the body of Christ, not black folks. Okay, this is not a black movement. Nothing the Father does is for just black folks. This is a global humanitarian type of word that the Father has for his church, and even the world, really, the reason it is important to know who is Israel today is because those Israelites is undergoing oppression wherever they are scattered. You say, well, why is it always oppression? Is it because nobody, the reason we know that Israel, wherever they are, is oppressed, when the Father scattered them out the four corners, we know that they're going through serious oppression. The reason we know that is because several reasons. One of them is Moses said when he died that Israel would become a rebellious people. That's number one. Number two is when we look around the world, we don't see the blessings of Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 through 14, upon any group of people. One more time. We know that Israel is to be wherever they are, the Jews, is to be operating in rebellion right now because Moses said, when I die, you will be a stiff-necked, rebellious people. That's number one. Number two is when we look at the blessings, because it's either the blessings that's going to be upon the real Jews or Israel or the Hebrew Israelites, whatever you want to call them, the blessings is either going to be upon them if they obey as a nation of people wherever they're at, or... That's verses 1 through 14, the blessings. And when you look at those blessings, nobody's living out those blessings as a nation. 
when you look at the the, the, the second uh, the second set of scriptures, which is fifteen through sixty-eight, Deuteronomy twenty-eight verses fifteen through sixty-eight, is the curses. When we look at what nation, because Israel is going to be living out the blessings or the curses. How do we know? Let's backtrack here. Deuteronomy 28, verse 46. It's another thing you can write down. It's the most important scripture I'll probably give you tonight because this scripture is how we know that we are one of the lost tribes because it says very clearly, here's your first scripture. Deuteronomy 28, verse 46. Speaking of the blessings or the curses, Moses was talking to the, the authentic bloodline Israelites on the mountain, and he told them, that these blessings or curses is going to be upon them forever. One more time. He said to them, Israel, these blessings or curses is going to be upon you forever. Forever is forever. 2017 is included in the term forever. He said these blessings, verses 1 through 14, or the curses, 15 through 68, is going to be upon you forever. That's Deuteronomy 28, verse 46. I'm going to now quote the verse. And they, speaking the blessing of the curses, and they shall be upon thee for a sign, S-I-G-N, for a sign, S-I-G-N, for a sign and a wonder, and a wonder, and upon thy seed forever. One more time. And they speaking of the blessed curses, and they shall be upon thee for a sign and a wonder and upon thy seed forever. So whoever, wherever is the true Jews, the true Israelites, the true Hebrews, or the Hebrew Israelites, whatever the various names they go by, there's many, wherever they're at, they're going to be living out either the blessings or the curses, and this is going to happen forever, but they're not just cursed. They're, just, they're not just cursed, cursed, cursed. They are blessed if they obey as a nation. Now, that does not mean you individual, you person listening to me right now, that does not mean you're cursed if you and your house seek the Father in his obedience to his word. We're talking about your nation, your nation, your nation. So why is it important, before I bring my guests on, why is it important to know who the true Jews, the true Israelites are? Here's what you want to write down. Number one, the Father looked like he is partial if they're operating under the curses, which we know that they are, and they don't know why they're going through what they're going through, they don't know why they're disproportionately in prisons, which is prophesied. They don't know why their houses are led by women, which is prophesied. They don't know why they work hard all the days of their life and not enjoying their labor, which is prophesied. They don't know why they can't get along, why they can't build and do things. They can make other people rich, but they can't come together to make their own selves rich or to have wealth as a nation. Listen to me, family and friends. Without the knowledge of who the Jews are, if you are a Jew, if you are Hebrew, and you're walking out and living out these curses as we are doing as a people, it will make it appears as though the father is picking on you. He will look partial. He will look. He will look like he's after you. He will look like he's really sometimes racist. And this is what you are hearing sometimes 
through our behaviors. If you don't know why you're getting a whipping as a child, you're going to hold bitterness secret, suppress maybe bitterness against your father's mother if you don't know why you're being chastised, if you don't know why your nation is just turned upside down, you don't know why people is ruling over you from another country, if you don't know why, you're going to be definitely oppressed. I want everybody to hold on for just one second. I think this is the caller room on the other phone. Just one second, everybody. Again, I had the uh, actual guest. He was having a little complicated complications calling. Um, but anyway, we got him on the line. And so I want to go ahead and finish what I was saying that we'll bring on our guests, okay? Again, folks, if, if you are a child and you're getting a whipping and you don't know why, and, and, and your, mama, your mama or your father is just really just disciplining you and you just don't know why, you might hold bitterness against her or against him, your father. Okay, you might not relate to him for the rest of your life the proper way. And that is very true with a lot of people today because they didn't understand discipline that happened to them. And that's where we're at today. If we don't know who the true Jews are and the Jews don't know who they are and they're going through all these persecutions, they will not understand and, and their relationship with the Father might be warped. And that is exactly what's going on. So that's one reason this revelation is important to know who are the true, authentic, biological people of Israel, okay? 
it's very true. Now, I know about the spiritual Jew, and we're going to talk about that later on. But I'm talking about right now the significance of knowing who bio- biologically Israel is, according to the flesh. Okay? Um, the next reason it's important is because if you don't know we Israel and you're seeing all this pain, all this pain we're going through as a nation, and you don't know we Israel, there will be an anger you have towards your brothers and sisters. There will be a disrespect you have towards your brothers and sisters. You get tired of the males, the men complaining about the system and about this and about that. And us men, we get tired of the women complaining about this, that, and the other. It'll look like we are weak. It'll look like we are just weak. It'll look like we are just, you know, something is wrong with us. And a lot of us have what they call, psychologists have coined it even, it's so popular, something called self-hate, because we won't know why we're not able to do this, that, and the other. I'm telling you what I know, family. I'm telling you what I know. I'm telling you what I know. So, without us understanding who the real Israelites are, who the real Jews are, there is this disrespect we just almost have to have towards one another, because... That's the only way, because we're intelligent beings, and, and, and without this revelation of knowing that we're, we're Israel, that's why we're going through what we're going through. That's why we have it seven times harder, as uh, uh, Leviticus 26 says, seven times harder than the other nations. That's why, because we were God's chosen. He opened up the Red Sea. He did so much. He rained, he rained down manna from heaven for this people. He said of Amos, the book of Amos, uh, chapter 3, verse 2 says, Of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. Of all the nations of the earth, you have I known. Therefore, I will punish you for all your transgression. There is a difference in the way the Father relates to his chosen, the people he started with, Israel, and how he relates to other nations of the world. Just look at that verse I just read. Amos 3 and 2. So that anger, we'll now understand that's why we're misbehaving. That's why we can't come together. The Father has said, this nation, this genre, this is the verse, we'll get into some of these verses. The Father said, this nation would not be able to rise without him. Did y'all know that? That the scripture said that Israel would not be able to rise without him. Israel would not be able to rise without him. Israel would not be able to rise as a nation without him. This is just some of the verses why we believe we are the people of the book. Another reason it's important to understand that who the true Jews are according to the flesh bloodline. I know about the spiritual Jew. That's far more important. I understand that. But there's going to be some confusion if we don't understand who the natural Jew is. We'll get into that even more later. But real briefly, I'm just going through the reasons why it's important to even know who is a Jew, who is Israel in t- today, 2017. Okay? The next reason is white people is not our problem. They're not they they were just hired, if you will. They was just sent, if you will. They was called, if you will, to do the Father's will, to chastise us. He said, you'll be taken to a strange land, sold as slaves. Deuteronomy 28, verse 6, they talked about slave ships. Okay, somebody got to drive those ships. Somebody got to practice the slavery. Somebody got to put you in chains. It's got to be a person. 
change the thing can't jump off the ground and jump on your hands. So when Weiss, which Jeremiah says, Jeremiah 1 talks about how he would call all of the families of the north, Jeremiah 1, Jeremiah 1 talks about how the Father would call all of the nations of the north down to Israel as a punishment against his people when he goes to scatter them. All right. That happens to be today, into those people today is whites, so-called white people. No such thing as white people, I understand that, but these people that come from the north, people that come from the north. The Bible says it over 24 times in the Bible, woe he that coming from the north, whirlwind coming from the north, heathen coming from the north, coming from the north, coming from the north. It's always the, our oppressors is coming from the north. So now we know, Mr. White Man, Mr. White Lady, you really don't have all that power, except the Father would give it to you. Now, they're going to be judged because they take the persecution too far. But no qualms about it. Make no qualms about it, though. The persecution was ordained and sent by the Father to his elite people because of rebellion and not white people. White people, I love them. No, no hatred on the show tonight. We ain't playing that. But they don't have that kind of power to do that to a people except God was with them. Oh, y'all should have been writing this down. Here's another reason. Here's another reason. The word of God is confusing, very confusing. All types of scriptures are going to contradict themselves without this revelation of who the true Jews are. I can't make it no clearer than that. Without you understanding who the true Jews are, if you go to look at those people in Israel, you're not going to understand the Bible. It's, a lot of, it's not going to make sense. It's why Bible prophecies is pretty much dead. Nobody ought to listen to them no more because they don't make sense as long as they look at the wrong people as being Israelites. Another reason, so you ought to be writing this down, another reason. Boy, every time I think of that. The Middle Eastern conflict over in the Middle East could be resolved quickly, overnight, once that whole region understands none of y'all. The Palestinians, you're not the original people of this land. The Jews, you're not the people of this land. I think that whole Eastern conflict... That's the only place sometimes where there's fighting in the world. And sometimes the whole world is pretty quiet, and they're fighting over there. That can be squashed with this revelation. Once the world knows who Israel is, it's going to be embarrassing to try to run a nation that everybody knows is not that, you know, that you're not their true uh, authentic bloodline. It's going to be embarrassing. It's going to be an insult to the, to, 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 to the world. To be over there trying to pose as Israel, and everybody know you're not. And I think this will make way to that remnant that is supposed to return and rule in Israel. It's just the nations of the world is going to cry out for it. Okay, so the Middle Eastern conflict is squashed overnight. Last but not least, the reason why this message is important, I'm going to go to my guest. The reason why this message is important to know who the true Jews are, which is not what we really we're going to hit on it a little bit tonight. We mainly talk about tonight the difference between Hebrewism today or Hebrew Israelites, the true Jews that have woke up what they what they are practicing today versus Christianity. That's the topic tonight. But I wanted to hit this because some people might be saying, why is it even important to be knowing about who's a Jew and who's not? It's very important. It's one of the most important things right now on the planet behind having a relationship with the Father. But the the last thing I'm going to share, and there's many more reasons. These are just some reasons that are dear to me. The last thing is nations of the world need to know who we are because those are the people that's going to fund the return. Those are the people that's going to, just like they're doing to these so-called 
over there right now, the Jews, I call them Jews by religion, not Jews by bloodline, but those people over there right now, right now, they're just like all the respect they're getting, how the church support, support, support. We'll get that same love and respect, and we'll get it even more because some people grudgingly support Israel because they hate what they do. But once they find out those people are not even Israel, they're not even the people of the book, they will gladly support us. It's coming. It's already happening. People love African Americans. They just don't know the Israel. Once they find out the Israel, you don't have to worry about support. You're not going to have to worry about finance. These things are going to come. It's the scriptures already prophesied, and if nothing happens, Brother Seth died tomorrow, the scriptures is going to be fulfilled. That I know for sure. So the nations of the world need to know, and they're going to know, and they are already knowing. If y'all are watching, social media is a blessing, and, and, and people talk about it. It's a lot of things that it does crazy, but social media is a blessing because there are Russians and people are Australians and are whites waking up to this and then declaring this on the Internet. I'm talking about white, our so-called white brothers and sisters in various lands like I've seen it in Russia, I've seen it in Australia, I've seen it all over Europe. They are declaring African Americans are one of the lost tribes of Israel, and they are ready to support us. We're just not formed yet, and that's why you got pioneers. That's why you got. That's why you. That's why you got Brother LSU and Brother Seth and thousands of others like us, four forerunners bringing this message out. And some of you pastors and preachers and churches have been saying this before we even thought about it. I understand that. But there's been not been a lot of us. So God is continuing. The Most High is continuing. Yahweh or Yahweh, whatever you call the Father, is continuing to do his thing by resurrecting his people. So let's go ahead and go ahead, go ahead, go to the phone lines. Y'all know me. i got to have a little music always in the background. But that was our intro anyway. This brother... Uh, Brother Ellis Shore Met him a long time ago long time ago We maybe talk about that But more importantly Our spirits Jive Our spirits agree with one another We have been working to get this message out For a long time And uh, This brother Is 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 a prophet He's an author I don't know if y'all know this in my family Because uh, I know I got family on the line But Brother Ellis Shore is also Ghostwriter, and he has done a lot of work uh, for just various people, y'all big names. I'm not going to throw those out there unless he wants to. I'm, I'll let him do his intro, but I just got to say my little say about his intro, then he can do his own intro. But he's a ghostwriter for a lot of names that a lot of you know. Probably got some of those books on your coffee table right now. You don't even know this brother right here probably did the ghostwriting for that project. Perhaps, maybe, we don't know. But uh, he's been around. More importantly, this man loved the father. And he is bent on doing his will. He is bent on proclaiming his word. He is bent on resurrecting the house of David. And so am I. We are, we've taken a lot of heat. Uh, I've been in 24 countries declaring this pretty much. But there was been all over the country, various places he goes declaring it, and if, if he don't go in person, he has went through all types, got all kind of friends on Facebook, all kind of connections, where he's been just, just, just preaching, 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 declaring, declaring this truth, that we are Israel. So without further ado, I want to go in and bring him on the line, Brother Ellis Shua, uh, 859-779, all the way in Fort Worth, Texas, you're on the line. 
How you doing, brother? Doing well. Good evening, Seth. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay, man. Just grinding as we do. Grinding as we do. Well, I want you, if you don't mind, first of all, welcome to the show, and thank you for taking the invitation. I know I told you that personally, but I just want to tell you on the air. Thank you for coming on the show. I don't take this, this topic lightly tonight. A lot of people is uh, on the fence. They see the revelation. They've heard these young people out here, and uh, they might not always like their tactics. They may even think some of them are preaching hate, but they can't deny what they're saying and that we truly are Israel. And uh, you and I have been out here swinging, trying to get them, you know, uh, the perspectives right, make sure their hearts is in love. We're trying to get these young people to see it's not about hating. So I just want you to go ahead and just give a little intro, if you, if you don't mind, about a two or three minute intro, and then we'll get into some things here about this uh, this topic tonight. Well, uh, I guess the most important thing is that what we're talking about is not something of our imagination or our own inclinations, but it is by far most the most prominent thing that the Most High is going into the earth. I mean, if we're living in the last days, as the Bible records and that we all testify to, then the evidence significantly says that, hey, we are in the last days. And if we look at the last days, the people whom God and Yahweh or Yahweh or however you may refer to the creator of heaven and earth, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he has decreed that the people in whom he will turn back to and regather is Israel. Israel is are the most significant aspect of any end-time prophecy. Uh, the thing is, is that prophecy has been usurped by the will of the flesh, and that, and I'm not saying that I mean men in the flesh of the people that you spoke of, those uh, Europeans who are in the land now known as Israel, formerly known as Palestine. Uh, so, and what has happened is that it's kind of like if you watch these movies, there is a real government and there is a shadow government. Well, likewise, there is a real Israel and there is a shadow Israel. There is a Israel, those who say they are Jews but are not, but of the synagogue of Satan. And there is the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the way we can determine and tell who's who, based upon the days that we're living in, that being the last days, is we have to look to the word of the Most High to his prophecies, and it becomes explicitly clear that those people are Europeans. History dictates that European. Their own history dictates that. But of us, now, now hold, of all hold on, hold on, brother, because you're getting into the meat of the meat of it. I just want we're gonna go there in a second. Just if you don't mind, bear with me, please. But I want people to know more about you and how to get a hold of you, because we may get excited and show sure may you, you just never know. So I want you to just talk a little bit more about you, and then we get into who these people are over there in that land for sure, for sure. And y'all need to know that for sure. And I'm, this is his show tonight. I'm, I'm pretty much interviewing this brother, so he, y'all gonna get that. Just hold on a second, everybody. But. Just a little bit more, a hint, a little bit more of who you are. you got to remember, some people are listening to the show. I'm looking at some numbers I ain't never, ever seen, and they probably want to know, why should I listen to you? And then let them know how to get a hold of you just in case you have any questions. Please. Okay, first of all, how to get a hold of me. Uh, the best way to get a hold of me is Facebook, if you have a Facebook account. Uh, otherwise, you can uh, also contact me by email at electofisrael at yahoo.com. Again, that is elect of Israel at yahoo.com. So that's the you know the best way to get a hold of me and to contact me. Um, in regards to who I am, uh, <laughs> it's really interesting. Yep. But for the, for the purpose of understanding, is that yeah, I met Seth. Um, wow, 
God, <laughs> I thought about this the other day. I met Seth shortly after I was released from prison. Um, I had been like three years on a five-year sentence at that time, I believe it was. Uh, no, no, it was like three years on an eight-year sentence because it was my second time in prison. And I met Seth inside of a health club. And, um, you know, Seth, as y'all know Seth, because I know it's coming on late on the line. And had a little things come up, and I was like, oh, man, I got to get on the line. And it's like the Holy Spirit said, you know Seth can talk, right? So I think it's in good hands. So anyway, so, and that, that's how I met Seth. And Seth was beginning to ask me questions about, he would send people over working out, but that's not the here and not there. But from there, um, I went to ORU. And while I was at ORU, I discovered, oh, my goodness, some very significant uh, things and that have to do with the word of the most high and to do with so-called people of the most high. And that was an education that I would not trade for the world because it was extremely beneficial to me to understand where we are now as a people. So, and from that, as you said, Seth, uh, I began to ghostwrite books for a publishing company by the name of uh, Numalife Publishing out of Bakersfield, California, now in Lanham, Maryland. And, uh, and from just that tell some of the works, some of the works you did. I know you want to be all humble and everything, but sometimes you got to tell people who have some of the works you did. Just tell them, you know, some of the work you did. <laughs> um, mm, uh, well, person that's most dear to my heart, but he's not here anymore, and that was Miles Monroe. Um, also, uh, you know, people that one that most people would know, that'd be T.D. Jakes. Uh, I would say those two are the most significant as far as people knowing, you know, on a uh, national scale. But for many, many people, I mean, you know, uh, we did works. We did works for even reformed Klansmen, who was literally a grand wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, and we put him through that process of reprogramming, <laughs> renewing his mind to the truth. And wow. so, yeah, it's been, you know, many artists, many artists, but, you know, all to the grace and glory of the most high. <laughs> It's in my education wow. as well. Well, let's do this, because you were just talking about the people in Israel, and I know people want to say, like you said, I, what did it for me, folks? I kept, I'm talking about how we know we Israel. And then I want to bring Elishua in, and he's going about to talk to you all about the people in Israel. But before he talk about what he was just talking about, let me just say this. What did it for me, the moment I realized we was Israelites, I've always said all my life we were always just like them. But I wasn't trying to be like them. I just always, when I hear a person preach, they sound like us. They always wanted a king. The father said, you don't need a king. We want a king. We want a king. And we always wanted a king. For Martin Luther King, I don't think his name is, I think his predestined his name be king. It's, it's prophetic. You know, we always want a king. And so we had king. I just believe that. We always want a leader. But look at other people. Who look like the leader? Who's Indian people leader? I mean, who's Mexican people leader? I mean, it's always us. And we are just like the Israelites, but I, I, I never would, I don't even want to be Israelites. I'm just telling you, I always thought of, when I heard preaching, I always thought of us. And so somebody, it was actually, um, somebody said, we're the real Jews. And I kept hearing that. I kept saying, well, why do people say that? Why do people say that? And then one day I was reading Deuteronomy 28. And I was saying, wow, man, here we go again. We we living out this stuff. We was put in slave ships. We was this, that, and the other. But when I saw verse 46, verse 46 connected all of those ancient scriptures in Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, all of those books of the Bible, Psalms, 
all of those books of the Bible became relevant to the year, to that date, when it said, these things going to be upon you forever. The blessings is going to be upon you forever if you obey. Forever. These blessings, not any old blessing like, oh, you blessed, blessed, blessed. Not any old blessings. It's unique blessings and unique, unique, unique curses. They're going to be upon you forever. So I got to think to myself, wait a minute. So if you want to know who the real Israelites are, all you got to do is look at these blessings and curses. And I was laying across the bed reading this. And they shall be upon thee forever for a sign and a wonder. And they shall be upon thee forever for a sign and a wonder. And unto thy seed, and unto thy seed, and unto your children and children forever. I got up out that bed with 100% confidence of knowing I was a Hebrew Israelite or I was a Jew. I just would say back then a Jew. I knew that I, my people, us as African Americans, was that we were that people. I just knew it. I just knew it. When I went to Israel, they tried to convince me. I said, y'all have to convince me. I already know. When you go to the morning and they start showing you around Israel, they want to... Uh, you know, talk about the history of of African Americans and the civil rights and how it's perfect. I thought, I don't need that. What do y'all do with people that already know that? And they kind of looked at me and go, wow, I like this brother. But I was not, I was serious. Take me to the next level. I already know that. And they did. They skipped the whole thing that they normally do with people. Because I knew. I didn't need them to tell me. I didn't need no, doctor, no preacher to tell me. Holy Spirit, show me that. So, Elishua... I kept trying to share with him for many years, and he didn't. He didn't hear me. He he, he listened, but he said what did it for him was he said, and I'm gonna let him tell you. But he said, if we're the Jews, who are those people over there? And some of you, that's where you're at. Some of you are gonna get it on Deuteronomy 28 verse 46, when it says all this is gonna be upon you forever. So when you're reading any of those ancient books, anything went through that the Israelites went through in those ancient old ancient times. Remember, they're going to keep repeating and keep repeating and keep repeating. The year 1900, you're repeating. 1800, they're going to be repeat, repeating. Year 2000, they're going to be repeating. Wherever they're at on this planet, they're going to be repeating what you're reading in Nahum, what you're reading in Habakkuk. Those ancient acts that they're doing, is we're going to just be doing with modern technology. We just have a vehicle now where they say you're going to worship the gods of wood and stone. Well, cars is made of metal. Metal is made of stone. We worship houses. We are worshiping gods of woods and stone. Everything you see in that book is repeated forever. Where regards to Israel. Now, go ahead, Brother LSU. You said you didn't. You had one problem that was stopping you from seeing we Israel. Now, uh, just in case everybody's wondering, right now we laying a foundation. We're talking about who those people are, and then we're going to talk about the Hebrew Israelites later on, and mm-hmm. what is the difference between the way they worship and the way Christians worship. Go ahead, Brother Elshua. And I'm putting a little music in the background, well, so don't be startled. I like doing that. Okay. <laughs> Not too bad because it's distracting. But, um, uh... The thing is, is that in regards to those people being there, yeah, that was the most significant. That was the most significant hurdle for me to be able to uh, cross over in understanding that we're Israel. It really wasn't difficult for me to embrace the fact, the reality that we could be Israel. That wasn't difficult for me at all because, as you know, I would read the read the prophets as well, and I would look at the circumstances and the life conditions of African Americans. 
And I always knew that there was something significantly different about us and the other people within this United States context. I knew that there was something different. I realized that when the Hispanics, you know, who came up, you know, many who came from Mexico or what have you, how they would come and they would uh, come together, they pool their resources, just as well as the agency, and they would many times, well, you know, overcome. But, of course, the Hispanics never to the degree that Asians have. But the point was is that I was like, there's something different about us. And literally, I asked the Most High, I asked the Father, I said two things. Uh, do you not like black people? And that begs the question as well, are black people cursed? And so that was like the most significant question that I had asked myself years ago. I mean, when I was actually quite young, when I was a teenager. And uh, it, it took, you know, a couple of generations almost before that became very clear to me and understanding that, um, no, uh, what I considered or what the world or the Western world considers black people, Negroid people, people who are descendants of the uh, European transatlantic slave trade, that uh, to the contrary, no, nah, that wasn't that he didn't like black people. It was that we were chosen, that we were his, that we were his elect, and that as a result of that, to whom much is given, much is required. And, and the otherwise is that also my other question was, are we cursed? And to that, it was, it was the affinity. Yes, we were. And when I began to understand the context of that curse and understand how that worked within the context of being a black man in America, then it became my reality all of a sudden took on understanding. <laughs> it was clear to me. I was no longer, in a sense, even angry at white people because I realized what I had thought all along with the echo with Seth said is that white people are not that clever, that they could literally sub- subjugate a whole nation of people throughout the whole world. No, uh-uh. I mean, not to put them down or to belittle them, but their intellect is no greater than ours. So there was another hand at work, an unforeseen hand that was curtailing and frustrating our efforts and our ability to become, in a sense, uh, a not, not anonymous, but in the sense uh, having a sense of sovereignty and dignity and, and true equality within this nation, that's why it continues to be frustrated because there's a hand at work, and that hand is the unforeseen hand, and lo and behold, it is the hand of the Most High because the fact is the matter, remember that the Scripture says when it talks about Israel, it says that they were the fewest of any people on the planet, and he chose them to select them. You know, Israelites right now take a lot of pride within the stock of their racial ethnicity because they are Israel. And we talk about Hebrew yes, Israelites. And 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 they and, and they have an in a sense they have an idolatry towards two things meanings and that is an is what I call an ethnic idolatry and the idolatry of their ethnicity because they are the chosen, they are Israel, they are the people of the book. And the other idolatry is the idolatry that they hold to the law even though I would venture to say none keep it because the fact of the matter is that none of us can keep the law completely in regards to the law that was given on Sinai and through Moses and handed to the children of Israel because that law can only be complete in its absoluteness in the land of Israel. And that's why one day he will gather us back. So that was, again, an issue and a concern for me. And the the thing is is that I, I began to ask the Most High, What's that? Is that me? No. Nope. Okay. 
something in the background for a minute. But anyway. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, but that led me to the point to where is a city is like, okay, I understand that we're Israel. So my next initial thing that I had to hurl that I had to overcome was if we're Israel, who are those people in the land of Israel right now? The world uh, identifies them as the Jews, God's chosen people. Um, now, however, one of the questions, and I, so I had to get over that. I, I was like, that, that those two don't vibe, because remember that when I came with this understanding of this information in a more detailed manner, I was uh, a Christian for all intents and purposes in my theological belief system. So, therefore, Christianity had taught me that those people who were now in the land of Palestine, now called Israel, that those people were the Jews. So in order for me to, you know, get over that hurdle, if this was true, because any truth that is from the most high and it is truth, then it can stand in the interrogation of scrutiny. And if it cannot stand up to that, then I question if it's really true from the most high. So I said, Father, you got you to gotta clarify that something. He said, well, do what you do. Do what you do. Research their history. Follow what it, find out where it came from. And, and when, when you find out where they came from, where they were then, find out where they were before they were there. Find out where their origin is. And actually, all I had to do was go to the most textbooks that we heard when we were in middle school because we didn't refer to them as white people. We referred to them as Caucasians. And that's an indication of their origin. They're from the Caucasus Mountains. So now I begin the next question was, okay, if they're from the Caucasus Mountains, that's sure. That's cast and see. Those people are Gentiles. They can't be Jews. Jews are Hebrews, <laughs> and Jews and Gentiles, you cannot mix, mix the two to become one unless it's a spiritual sense where you become engrafted in. So, again, it's like they can't be Jews. I was like, whoa, that's the problem. <laughs> and after that, uh, you know, uh, again, through further study, uh, came to understand there's a scripture in Revelations 2 and 9 and 3 and 9, <clears throat> and it talks about a people who say they're a Jews but are not but of the synagogue of Satan. As a matter of fact, the scripture says, 2 and 9, it says that those who say they are Jews but are not, but do lie, but are the synagogue of Satan. So I was like, wait a minute. If these are what, if this scripture is an indication of these people, this is speaking to them, then they've got to line up and they've got to meet every criteria just as well if we are Israel, if we are the, the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if we're Jacob's seed, if we're Israel, then it's got to line up our lives, our conditions, our situation in the earth has to line up with the criteria of every one of the prophecies that says we're Israel. Likewise, if these people are not Israel, and they are what the scripture says in Revelations 2 and 9 and 3 and 9, then they have to line up with that too. And it says they say they are Jews. Here's a distinctive, here's a distinctive thing between Hebrew Israelites are Israelites and, 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 well, I wouldn't say Christians, but those who people who are there okay. who say that they're Jews, Who's, those people in Israel who say they're Jews. We never refer to ourselves as Jews because we know that Jew is an abbreviation, a hybrid for the name Judah, which is only one of 12 tribes of Israel. We refer to ourselves as Hebrew because we were called out of Abraham, and from Abraham came Isaac and Jacob, and from Jacob came the 12 tribes of Israel. So we don't claim, <laughs> ironically, that we're Jews. We say we are Israel. 
and to be more uh, phonetically or semantically correct, we are Hebrew Israelites. Because Arabs are Hebrews as well. That's good. That's good. The, the Palestinians are Hebrews as well. But our distinction is that we are Hebrew Israelites. We are from the seed of Isaac to Jacob. And Jacob having 12 children, 12 sons, and they became the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, they say they are Jews. And guess what? They are the only people on the planet that says they are Jews. But the history clearly indicates they are not. So that's one criteria that they've met. They say they're Jews, but they are not. They are, they are Israelite. I mean, they're, they're Europeans, and they're from Turkey. And also, if you look at the scripture, and it talks about those people, it, that letter is written to a church in Smyrna. Well, Smyrna is in Turkey. Smyrna is in South Turkey, advocate to cast the sea, where we get the word Caucasian, the Caucasus Mountains. And Brother Elishua, uh one minute here, yes, just, just 30 seconds, actually, 30 seconds. When we say the word Arab, uh, mm-hmm. Folks, millions of people come down from the north, as I was saying earlier, or wicked people come from the north. This is the Bible now, not us. War heat that coming from the north, the world we coming from the north, coming from the north, coming from the north. And if you notice on the globe, the north is always the rulers. The south part of the globe is where the poverty is. Sometimes even in cities, the north side is richer than the other side. That's not always true for every city, but I'm just letting you know for the globe, for sure, the wealth is in the north. So those people over there, when we say Arabs, that is not the picture of how it looked in biblical days. All those people in that whole region was very dark, not olive color, not even olive. Olive come through mixture. So when he say Arab, don't think of people over there today. No no disrespect to anybody who live over there or anything like that. This is not on no, we ain't on no hate thing. But you got to listen to another series we talk about when we talk about mixing and skin color and melanin and, and the Bible leprosy and all that. And then you'll understand there's no way they could have been well, nothing but yeah, very and, brown and, people. And, yeah, and the history, and the history is, the history clearly indicates that uh, the people, the Arab people, were conquered by all people, Europeans and by all people, <laughs> many of them Christian crusaders. So what you see is a people who have been colonized and therefore part of uh, whenever you conquer, uh, when nations conquered other nations, at that time they would take their women and they would take their women as wives. And so they would mix with them and you would have that miscegenation where you would call people what we refer to as mulattoes. And that's what you have. Look at the skin color. I mean, hey, you know, it is what it is. It's not the meaning of belittling anybody. It's just the reality of the history. And you can't unchange history to make history fit a particular sentiment. That's just the way it is. And so with that being the issue, the, the next criteria that they had to pass was if they say they're Jews but they're not, the next question is, and they do lie. Well, <laughs> don't want to spend too much time on that point because I could go a long time on that one. But the issue is is that a lot of the deception that has come through religion, whether it's through the Kabbalah, whether it's Jewish religion, whether it's even, yes, Christian religion, because what a lot of Christians don't know is a lot of their theology is informed by those people. Yes, a lot of the, 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 the schools of seminary that your pastors and your preachers and your evangelists went to those schools are many times informed and is well staffed by those very people, and those people are intent on perpetuating 
pathologically a lie to the world which says that they are Jews because they are benefiting from our identity. It is the greatest case of identity theft in the history of mankind. Wow. And that's why it's so stupendous. Wow. And they are benefiting from what is Let me hop in here and say this real quick. Folks, listen, those of you that tune into this show and uh, <laughs> you missed the part, the first part, I don't know what to tell y'all when you come in late. Uh, I'm glad you stopped by. I'm glad you're here. And we can recap some things, but we can't recap all things. The bottom line is this. Tonight's show, tonight's show is about talking about the difference between the Hebrew-like community, Hebrew-Israelite community, their belief system, for the most part, versus Christianity. I shouldn't say versus, or what is the difference between the two, if there's a difference at all. We're not the first ones. This is not really, I keep saying new. It really ain't new. This is an ancient, old, this movement is thousands of years old. The Father scattered his people a long time ago, and they went into various nations into uh, slavery, into oppression. And they have now, or they're coming together as a people, and they are practicing their faith in the United States in 2017. Many of them are serious, like this brother is serious about walking with the Father, not looking for some new religion, some of them. Some of them are, like it is, like they are in the church, like they are with any, any type of movement. But a lot of them are serious about following the heart of the Father. And they are making some we're very wise choices, and some of them make some not-so-wise choices. So we're just here to talk about what does it look like that they believe, and what is the difference between that and Christianity. That's what we're talking about. We're going to get to that. We hadn't quite got there yet, but we're building a foundation. Early, y'all missed, some of y'all missed me talking about, so we want to go back and rewind and listen to this if you missed it. We talked about why it's important to even know you're a Jew in the first place. What does this have to do with you, your salvation? What does this have to do with, you know, everyday life, your your children, your wife, your 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 your, your job? Just what does this have to do with 2017 or whatever the current year is that you're listening to this broadcast? What does this stuff y'all talk about have to do with today? I covered that earlier when I was talking about write this down, write that down. This brother now. He'll switch gears, and he's talking about exactly who are these people. And I hope at some point he get on to the, the Khazar, uh, who they really are, and who they say they're from. So go ahead, brother. Yeah, and so uh, that point being uh, those who say they're Jews but are not, but do lie, and are the synagogue of Satan. Synagogue is a... Uh, Jewish word, if you will. Uh, it, it has a Hebrew origin. Uh, and it simply means house. It's like the house of Israel. <laughs> Do you realize what I just said? We, it, yep. you know, let's go back and deal with the origin because let's, let's build upon that foundation and let's go ahead and, and continue and let's clarify our case with that. And that is this, is that if you, these people there, uh, who are the Knesset, um, those people, that is the, the former government there, uh, those people 
the Orthodox Jews, those people who say that they are that they are the descendants of Israel, that they are the chosen people, and they believe it so much and so much to the extent that, um, and just because they believe it doesn't mean it's so, because you know you can tell yourself a lot so long that in, after a while you will actually begin to incorporate that lie and engage it as reality, that is truth. And that's what is taking the place with taking the place with those people, especially when I speak of the leadership and what I would call the fathers of the movement. Because uh Seth, are you still there? Are we still here on it? Yeah. We're fine. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, yeah. And who have taken the movement that they actually beginning in nineteen fifteen is that actually they and they had already set out a plan prior to that. And there's the means by which they did that. I don't want to get too deep into that, but I will touch on it so you can make the connection. Is that many of those people, they were thrown out of Europe, many places in Europe. That's how they actually ended up in Germany. They were, as a matter of fact, uh, many of them, they were from places like Russia, Poland, uh, uh, They are, and that's where they were at. And if you look at that, that is a distance is if you look at it in proximity to Turkey, because they migrated from there there. Now the thing is, is that if you ask them, and as a matter of fact, if and you just do the research and use this word, the word is Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi is quote unquote their ethnicity, ethnicity. And so when they say that they're Ashkenazi. And the Ashkenazis are the people who populated an ancient kingdom in Southeast Europe named called the Khazar. And the Khazars ruled, and the Khazars, what they did is they adopted Judaism. They were Europeans, they were Gentiles, but what happened is that they were caught in the twixt between the Crusaders coming from the Romans and the Muslims from the Arabs. On East Post, so they had to basically, in order to remain neutral, so that they would not become the subject of either vessel, is that they adopted the religion of Judaism and began to present themselves to the world as Jews. And if you look up, if you look, if you go into Google or you know any other search engine, Yahoo, and put in the word Ashkenazis or Khazars, then you'll find out what I just said to be so. Now, the significant thing about the fact that they are Ashkenazis is because that actually really biblically identifies them in Genesis, the 10th chapter, I believe it's the third verse, as the sons of Japheth. And clearly, if you read that within the context, it says that these are the people who populated the Isles of the Gentiles. And now the Isles of the Gentiles is the European Isles. And so those lands and those people, they are Gentiles. So as I said from the onset, is that you cannot be Gentile and Israelite. Powerful. Now you can be in you can be a Gentile and be a European and practice the religion of Judaism, and that would make you uh, what they call themselves Jewish, to the fact. But you're not a biological descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if that being the case, your claim, your pursuit of Zionism, your claim to the land of Palestine is a false claim. You've committed fraud, and you committed the greatest act of fraud in the history of the world because you went and stole the most sacred land on the planet of the earth. Brother and you're Gentiles. Yes, sir. I want to do something that uh, Brother... 
This is one of the gentlemen that studied with us. Folks, it's a lot of us. When I say five smooth songs, there's a lot of people that make up five smooth songs. Brother, uh, Yeshua is one of them, and he's not here tonight. What I want to do is something he did, and I want everybody to listen really close. Brother Elishua is swinging. You're getting a history book. You're getting a history lesson. And this brother did a lot of extensive study, not just at ORU, but all over the place. So check this out. He's talking about something called Khazars, right? You said that right, Brother jo- Brother Elishua, right? Yes. Yes. Now, I went to Google, and I'm just going to, you know how you can ask Google something? I'm going to do what Brother uh, brother Yeshua did last time we did this show together. And I want everybody here because i got a lot of new callers. I want you all to hear what happened when you just simply ask Google or you can type in the word K-H-A-Z-A-R. K-H-A-Z-A-R. I'm going to ask. I'm just going to say the word Kazar on the mic when it, where you can ask Google something. I'm just going to say this. And listen to what happened when I just simply go to Google and say the word Kazar. So here we go. I'm going to do it right now. Real, real brief. I'm just going to validate what this brother is saying. Watch this. Kazars. According to Wikipedia, the Khazars were a semi-nomadic Turkic people who created what for its duration was the most powerful polity to emerge from the breakup of the Western Turkic Khaganate. Okay. Now, that is what I, what, I wasn't looking for that. Hold on. I, I want to I get another one. I want to ask it. Just one second, brother. Let me try this. For Khazars. Well, I said Khazars. I think, hold on. This brother asked this question on our show, and it it literally said what this brother is saying. Now, keep in mind this this is this is the internet. You can't trust everything, but I just thought it was neat how she spelled this out. So you go ahead, brother. I'm gonna work on this, and then when I get it, I'm gonna go interrupt you again if you don't mind. But go ahead and let everybody know exactly who was Kazari and the Kazars, please, while I find this uh, audibly. Right, and said they they were a Turkish tribe, and what happened is that. When they took on Judaism, what they actually did is that uh, – I'm going to make a skip, but just I'll take it to where everybody can follow me – is that when the Jews were dispersed out of the land of Judea after the death, after the death and resurrection of Christ in 70 A.D. and the composed completion of that in 125 uh, um, A.D., uh, what they would call the Christian era, not A.D., I said seven, did I say seven? I should get yeah, seven A.D., what they would call the Christian era, uh, 125, which is when they culminated. And that was this, is that many of the, at that time, after Christ's ascension, the particular form, after, especially after they destroyed the temple, the particular form of what you would call Judaism, as was, as was actually practiced by true, I mean, ethnic, ethnic, authentic ethnic Israelites, was what, you know, many of us, you know, have heretofore looked to as Judaism. But it was what was considered a rabbinical Judaism. In other words, it had rabbis teaching. Because remember, after the temple was destroyed, and that was the center of what you would consider the religious or the religion in regards to the people of Israel, it centered around the temple. So after the temple was destroyed, you had what you call rabbinical Judaism, and it was the teaching of the rabbis. Well, what the uh, the Khazars did is that literally they went and they, as you would say, they um, um, 
scout salary supposed to be. It's like a college scout uh, looks for athletes, and they went and, and took many of those rabbis, took them back to their homeland, and invoked them as as leaders of temples that they actually built. And some of those temples, literally a few of them, are still standing in Turkey, and they and, wow. and actually they were synagogues. And they were synagogues, and they basically taught those people Judaism. They taught them the religion of the true Israelites. Um, and so throughout the centuries, they, they basically just claimed that religion, and it was assumed for each, with each following generation that these people are the people of Israel. They're the Israelites, because remember this. True Israel, according to the prophecy of the Messiah, and Matthew, the 24th chapter, and Luke, the 21st chapter, he said two significant things. He said that Israel, the true Israelites, were going to be dispersed and taken captive to the four nations of the, and to all nations of the earth. That's what Jesus, Yeshua, Yahweh said, that in 70 AD, when they destroyed the temple, that they would be taken captive to all the nations of the earth. But guess what he said about the land of Israel. This is going to shock you. Now, he oh, said in brother. Israel. Oh, oh, let me oh, say this last thing. This is very significant. Very significant. He said this. He said that Jerusalem should be trodden down by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles has come to an end. Did you hear what I just said? Well, guess what? If we are still in the times of Gentiles and Europeans are being saved, that means that according to the words of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, that the only people who could be ruling in the land of Israel could be Gentiles. They can't be Israelites because Israelite was punished and cast to the four corners of the earth because of their sins. And the culminating sin is that they rejected the Messiah. So how are you going to say you are Jew? Say you're the that people of the book. You're not the people of the book. Powerful. And let me so just again, say this really quick. Let me say this real quick, Brother Oshie, if you don't mind. Folks, listen. I and Five Smooth Stones have always been about love and respect. If you're listening tonight and you're white, because we get all types of listeners, and you're so-called white, because y'all say so-called, because y'all don't believe in no such thing as a white or black person. It's all made up. But if you black pigmentation, and you call yourself Israel or Jews. This is not no slap in your face. We want you to take this truth and push it just like you was pushing it when you thought you was a Jew. It's just that is important, just like you felt when you thought you was truly Israel. We want all of the people that are listening to us tonight to take this information, and if you're not sure, number one, pray about it, because you don't know who this brother is and who I am and what's our intentions. So we understand that. Go and pray about it just like I did. But here's something I want to drop on y'all that's going to be a – this is you. Th- what he just said was powerful. Here's another powerful point. Let's just say these Jews were – definitely so-called white skin, and we've been smoking on something. The Bible says that, just like he just said, the Bible says that God would scatter, the most I would scatter Israel to the four corners. If the planet is 92% non-white, 
And white people are scattered throughout the four corners. Number one, they can't even do that because there's not enough for them. There's only 8%, really 8% of cars in the United States, but it's really 8% white, so-called white people. There's not enough of them to be scattered. Most of them are in Europe, and they're not scattered as a vast majority of people. They're a chunk of people mainly in Europe. They're not scattered like Europeans here, Europeans there, Europeans. No, they, they live every place, but they're not there in oppression. So that's that verse cannot come to pass. One more time, really quickly. I want everybody to listen to what I'm saying. Some of this you don't need us because the Bible says you have the Holy One and it needs not that any man should teach you really. Think this out. How much sense does this make? And then we're going to later on get into the difference between Hebrewism, so-called Hebrewism, and Christianity. And you're going to see there's not that much difference. That's why we spend so much time on this, because there's probably, we probably can cover the difference in probably less than 20 minutes. It's really not that much difference in some regards. Brother Elisha may say different, but I don't think it's that much difference. So really, you, you're not going to spend three hours talking about something different. It's not that much difference. So this, these nuts and bolts you need, because some of y'all don't even believe what we're saying. Don't, none of this don't make sense to you, because you don't, you, you don't believe in those so-called black Jews. So listen to what I'm saying. If the Jews were white, and God scattered them to the four corners, and if the planet is 92% non-white, that means the whole bulk of the planet is non-white. If those Jews were white and they went into non-white land, what happened to them? The first thing that happens to them is sexual. Every time somebody is oppressed and goes through slavery, their women is taken. They're raped. That's one of the first things happened to you in slavery. So they couldn't have came out lily white. It's impossible that their oppressors is going to not ever mix with them. That's the whole purpose. One scripture says we didn't even have control of our bodies. That's one of the curses. It's not in Deuteronomy 28, but it's in another part of the scripture. It's not more than just Deuteronomy 28 curses. It's all types of curses that we didn't even mention. Okay? So think about that for a second. If they were scattered to the four corners, and the four corners is dark, or darker than them, how could they wind up still being white in 2017? Go ahead, brother. You know, they can't be. Well, and again, no, they can't be. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember my thought where I was at here. But no, they can't be. And that's the, that's the issue. But again, is that we can stick with the history. In that scripture that I was speaking of in Luke, I believe it's 2119. That's a very significant scripture. It says that because what it does is that we hear the words from Jesus, Yahshua, Yahweh Shah speaking. We don't hear the words of a historian speaking. We don't hear the words of Paul speaking. We don't hear the words of Moses speaking. We hear a greater voice. We hear the Messiah speaking. And what does he say? He says this. Uh, matter of fact, just take me a second here. I, I can do it. it just tell me what, what you look for. I can look it up. I can be your Bible okay, first finder. It, it says, simply put, it says that um, Jerusalem, it said, Jerusalem should be trodden down by the Gentiles. It okay, I'll the find that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll find that for you. Okay. I'll find now, it. Now, that's what he said. he said. Now, when we talk about who's going to be in Luke 21 and 24. Excuse me. Let's Luke 21 and 24. Luke 21 and 24, okay. everybody. Luke 21 and 24. So, Matter of fact, let me put it like, but again, the the issue. And I'll read it if you want to. 
Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Seth. Read that, please. Okay, Luke 21 and 24, okay, out of the King James Version Bible, says this. And they shall fall, talking about Israelites, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. One more time. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. That's Luke twenty one twenty four. Mhm. Okay. And that's very clear because what that tells us is that from that time, it says until the times of the Gentiles have been fulfilled. The times of the Gentiles have been fulfilled is the time shortly shortly prior to what we would call the tribulation. Okay. And literally, that's when they do the, the temple and. And the, the Antichrist sets in the temple. He sets himself in the temple as God, showing himself to be God. And so that's what we talk about the times of the Gentiles were fulfilled. Because at that time, what we have, what was imminent shortly is, is the judgment. So here we go. And it says that, and they should fall by the edge of the sword. Who is he speaking to? He's speaking to Israel. He's speaking to what's going to take place after he's gone. He says, and they should fall by the edge of the sword. Well, remember after they destroyed the temple, they basically sought Israelites throughout the land of Judah. They sought them out like they were like they were beasts hunting them, and they were and, and literally that is the origin of what we get lynching. They didn't strip them of their testicles, but literally they hung them on stakes all up and down the roads of Judea. And that's when that began. When he says it talks about the time of. Uh, of fullness, it says, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led captive into all nations. So from that point on, according to the time of, according to the Messiah, according to Jesus, from that time on, Israelites will be dispersed throughout the nations as captives. What are captives? Captives are people you take and make slaves of. So this was not a short time for slavery as some have assumed it to be. Oh, no. Seth alluded to that as well earlier, is that the slavery and the dispersion has been at least 2,000 years in its existence. So he said they should fall by the sword and be taken to all nations. But what does it say about the land of Jerusalem? Jerusalem is the capital, the heart of Israel. What does it say? It should be trodden down. You look up that word in the Greek, it means to rule. It should be ruled trodden down, governed of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles have been fulfilled. So by according to the Messiah's words, those people who are right now in the land of Israel ruling and governing are Gentiles. They are not Israelites. Now, Seth, Amen. go on. Because I said that was the most significant hurdle that I had to overcome and to understand and completely embrace the reality that we're Israel because we need those prophecies is beginning in Luke twenty one twenty four, and all the way up to Jeremiah thirty, the time of Jacob's trouble. That's us. 
and, and let me say this, and then we'll take a little short break, and then we're going to come back. And, folks, I know y'all tune in to hear the difference between the belief system, but I'm telling you, we can cover that in 20 minutes. So we'll just keep repeating it, keep repeating it. We'll probably repeat it two or three times, but it's the same stuff. It's a little bit of the same thing. It'll be very short. There's not that much difference. We just basically are believers in Christ that we all of a sudden found out was bloodline Israel. Well, we you know still have to live right. When you come back from the break, when you come back from the uh, break, we'll we can break hit that real quick. Well, I said, when you come back from the break, we can hit that real quick because actually have a scripture up because you can go through all the other little nuances and things, but the most significant thing in regard to what you just said literally is as us being in Israel and according to the scriptures is we can hit that in five minutes. Okay. Well, let me just say this about what you just said, and, that's, and that is this. Folks, listen, uh, again, those of you that came in a little later on, just know, because uh, you have to remember, Brother LSU, people come in all the time, and they really want to know what's going on. I have to, we have to do some kind of recapping. So just briefly, just brief, brief, like in uh, probably a minute here tonight, we're talking about the difference. I know y'all, if you're on Facebook, and you're on, if you're on social media at all, at all, I know you see all these millions of young people claiming they're Hebrews. And I can name celebrities from now to, I mean, it's just so many people, not just celebrities, not just the fakers and the shakers, but I mean, serious people, serious people that want a deeper walk with the Father, and they want to know what's going on with us as a people, and why we're in America, and why the slave ships, and why, where is God, and what is it seem like, and, and he's been there all along. He's been there all along. We're just walking out prophecies that's to be upon Israel as a nation. Now, individually, individually, if you're obedient in your life and your personal walk with the Father, none of these curses is going to affect you except what it has to do with your countrymen. You are born like Christ did, most powerful being that walked the earth. He didn't set his nation free. That was the most powerful person ever walked the earth. He did not set his nation free. In one, in one regard, he didn't. They still was, he left them sick, some of them, broke some of them, sad some of them, depressed some of them, suicidal probably some of them. When he left, Israel was still pretty much Israel, but they had the opportunity to be free through his blood. That's where we stand today. Our nation is mourning. They're killing up our young boys. We disenfranchise all over the place. I mean, for real, for real. Good old boy network is, 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 is up and running. Uh, it, it's just really gloomy for us as a nation, but individual, individually, Psalms 91 can apply to you. In other words, these things don't have to come near your dwelling, and I believe that. I'll go to my grave saying it. We are not cursed individually if we turn our lives over and follow the Spirit in and out of danger. He will prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemy. So we're not on this show tonight saying how you curse, you curse, you curse. That is not what we're saying. We're trying to make some sense out of what is going on with us as a people, as a nation. This is nation talk tonight with this brother. Nation talk with Brother Seth tonight. The phone lines are open. Those of you want to have, those of you that want to chime in here, jump in here, and, and, and add your comment, press one. Those of you that missed the first half, please go back and listen to the first half because you missed quite a bit. And there's no way we can recap all of this. But tonight is vital, vital, vital in understanding this nation, who we are, why we're going through, what we're going through, and and how we get out of this. How we get out of this. How we get out of this. And we want to talk about that, Brother Ellis Hill, no matter what. So just take this little short break. And uh, 
We'll be back, folks. We'll be back. This is a lot. This is a lot, but we are uh, we gonna tackle it as best we can. We don't have all the answers tonight, but we definitely we, we definitely have some answers and some answers that have set us free. So we'll be right back, folks. J C S Americans, 
The whole Middle Eastern conflict can be squashed once they find out who the true Jews are. Last reason I said earlier, if you missed it, is that the nations of the world will embrace us and go to help us and aid us. That's why we're not going to need an army. That's why we're not going to need a military because the nation of the earth is going to say they are the Jews. These are the real Israelites, and they're going to march us into their land. They're going to put pressure on anybody ruling in that land that's not Israel. The whole world is going to know they're a joke, and that's going to open up the door for the remnant to return. This is very serious, serious prophecies. Ezekiel 37 is not just in that Bible for no reason. Those dry bones are going to live again, and all the other scriptures that talks about a remnant. Not all of Israel are going to go back to the land. As he said, a remnant, because he knew most of us would be in love with America and ain't going to move. And all our other sister tribes scattered all over the planet. They ain't going nowhere. But there is going to be a remnant. So this brother's on tonight, and I'll go right back to him. Okay, Brother Elishua. Yes. You're back. Your line is back open. Okay, and so I just want you to go ahead and just... Just finish up what you were saying, and then we want to get on um, why <laughs> uh, or what is the difference between the two camps, please, because that's why a lot of people are tuning in. And like he said earlier, it ain't going to take that long, though, folks. But go ahead, brother. Well, I kind of like lead into that from what I'm about to say, because um, in regards to when I began first speaking uh, this evening, I talked about the fact that <clears> – <throat> When we look at what is going on and that what the Most High would be doing in the end times, according to the Scripture, what Scripture dictates, and not tradition, but what the Scripture says, is that at the end of time that the Most High would begin to regather Israel, and he would gather yes, them back to their land. But prior to that, he would wake them up, and they would begin because they, they would be awakened from their slumber because they end their punishment and our punishment. Part of that punishment has been a slumber where our eyes have been blinded to the truth. And now what is happening with this great awakening in this last days, and this one is not going to die down like those of before, and this one is not going to be a back, a, a back movement where preachers, they talk about it and just as nothing themselves, but the people actually never come into an understanding and aware of who we are. No, the world is going to know this one. And the scripture begins in Romans 11 and 1. And I just want to take it from what the scripture says, Romans 11, 1. It says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? Speaking of Israel. And the man who's speaking Uh-oh. is the Apostle Uh-oh. Paul. And remember, because a lot of people who are Christians have to forget, happen to forget sometimes that the Apostle Paul was not a Gentile. He was not a Greek. He was a Hebrew. He was an Israelite. And he says, I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid, for I am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not cast away his people, which he foreknew, which know you not what the scripture of Elias says, Isaiah says, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets, have digged down their altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved unto myself 7,000 men who have now yes, bowed the knee unto image of Baal. Now, what that is, that's a typology to reflect what God did in the Old Testament and what he's about to now reveal in the New Testament. And the New Testament, I don't even like that word testament, the New Covenant. Even so then, at this present time, there is also a remnant according to the evil. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, Brother Elisha. You know, you know we have a rule. Whenever we get a question, we go right to it. We don't know what kind of time these people are on. So i got to interrupt you. Maybe something you just said, okay? Okay. So hold on, let's go to the phone lines. Uh, you mind? 
Uh, I rise with if you can go to my can I just hold till I finish this point and then they can come on in because I'm the time wise time. I just don't know what kind of time, time and, and I didn't see when this hand first went up, so I don't know how okay. long they bit the hand been up. Okay, so let's just go to the and we'll make it we'll make it brief. All right, area code eight three zero four four six. Go ahead with your question and your comment. First of all, who am I, who are you and where you calling from? Uh, Justin from Texas. Hey, Justin from Texas. Go ahead with your question uh, or comment for our guest or myself. Well, um, I just actually, I've only been listening here for maybe 10 minutes. Um, I don't know. Were you all doing readings? No, this is a blog where we're talking about the difference between Hebrew Israelite, you know, this rising tide, this tsunami of... Uh, this revelation of how the African Americans are one of the lost tribes of Israel. We're talking about their belief system versus Christianity. Did she have a question or comment? Uh, no, sir. Actually, could I just listen in? Yeah, you sure can. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and put you back on hold and let us know if you have a question. When I put you on hold, press once on your hand and go down. If you want a question later on, once you see what's kind of what's okay. going on, then you can do that. Not a problem. Okay. Sounds Justin good. Thank from you. Texas. Uh-huh. There goes Justin from Texas. He's on hold. Go ahead, brother. Let's Okay. Justin, press one, Oh, that's going to be a problem. Hello? I'm here. Justin, press one on your phone so your hand will go down. Right now, your hand is still up just in case you want to come on later. Press one. I need you to press one. There we go. All right. Justin is listening, and we've got a house full, brother. Let's go right here. Okay. Uh, so, to say, I'm, I'm beginning where I picked up the verse 3. It says, uh, no, no, no. I said, talking about uh, 11.5 says, Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And this makes a distinguishing factor because a lot of people, as you said, there are people from different ways and different means and different relationships. And this is going to be one of the things when we talk about the difference between Hebrew Israelites and Christians and also the difference between certain uh, what you would call camps within the Hebrew Israelite gathering. Uh, okay. 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 Even so, at this present time, there's a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace it is there no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. And otherwise it is no more work. What then? Israel hath not attained that which he seeketh for, but the election have detained it and have obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According to it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber. Even so, that their eyes should not see, and that their ears should not hear unto this day. And David said, Let the table be a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see, and bow down their back always. I say then, Have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid. But rather through their fall, salvation is come into the Gentiles. To do what? To provoke them. To jealousy, and when you talk about stages in which people must go through and engaging and embracing this truth, the first stage you must come to is which we actually took you through a path tonight, and that is the stage where trust must be broken and traditional old beliefs must be questioned. For the most part, many of you until tonight, until you tuned in, if this is a new thing to you or new information to you. 
you believe that the people who occupied and populated the land of Israel, formerly Palestine, were Jews. Quote, unquote, they were the biological descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But we laid out to you from the scriptures and two from history that clearly they are not. They're Gentiles. So therefore, we have a lie who has been uncovered. So that's one of the first stages. With a lot of these people, and the reason why come they, these young guys are young into this truth, because they're in that phase right now. And what happens is that when you've been lied to and you've been deceived by the supposedly the most trustworthy entity within the earth, that being the church, then when you find out you've been lied and deceived, you might feel kind of salty, kind of two ways about that. And that's what you are seeing and you are experiencing with your eyes because there are many of them are going through that. I went through that. Sure did. And Brother Seth went through that. Sure did. That's right. Sure and everyone in the first initial stage, they go because it's a shock to your belief system. You've been told something all your life. Your, your mama believes it. Your grandmama believes it. You got the picture of the white Jesus on the wall. And all of a sudden, ah, your senses are being bombarded with this chemical, with this, this overflow of truth. And, hey, you know, and when you embrace that, you kind of take a while to get together. So a lot of these young guys, don't write them off. They're just in the stages. But what I just read to you was the most significant thing, that there is an election, and the election is according to grace. Where the scripture clearly says that the law came through Moses, grace and truth came through Yahweh Shad HaMashiach, you call him Jesus Christ. So therefore, the only way you can be according and a part of the election, according to grace, is that you must be what? You must embrace him as the son of the most high Elohim of God. Therefore, you're being born again. Now you're into the kingdom. But the fact of the matter is this reality is this, is that everybody who says they are Israel will not be a part of the regathering of Israel. But now here's something significant, the differences. When we begin to talking about the differences is that within the Hebrew camps, you have people who hold to Moses, and that being the law. Now the issue is, is that most of them who hold to the law and the keeping of the law know that it is basically entirely impossible to keep the law of absoluteness out of the land of Israel, especially when you're in the land of captivity. Now, there may be some people who are sacrificing animals and, and giving sacrifices for their sins or what have you, and they may attempt to keep the old covenant. But here's the thing. No man is justified by the keeping of the law. Because it was never that way, because Abraham was never justified by keeping of the law, because the law came 430 years later. But before that, Abraham was counted as righteousness and just because he believed God, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And that is what our salvation is based upon and stand upon. And you can't get that by keeping of the law, because it was never based upon the keeping of the law. It was always based upon faith. It says that the law was added to the covenant because of transgression. So in order to protect the covenant from a hard-hearted, stiff-necked, rebellious people, he gave you law to protect you and keep, and keep you from losing the covenant. Now, the difference between all of these people and what we're talking about in Christians, the major difference is what I call covenant-keeping Israelites. A covenant-keeping Israelite keeps the Sabbath. Why does he keep the Sabbath? Because if the Sabbath was, was sent in, Deuteron- in Exodus chapter 31, uh, 
the Sabbath, when the Most High set it in the earth, he said to Israel, you should forever keep my Sabbath and all your dwellings because it is a sign between me and you, between the Most High and Israel. That is the thing. That's why we, as Israel, if you are a covenant-keeping Israel, you keep the Sabbath. Because it's a sign to the world that we are his chosen. We are his elect. We are the apple of his eye. We are the ambassadors of the earth. That's why the law was given to us. And that's why it makes it so significant of what we're talking about. Because we were called to govern the earth according to his law. And it says that when we would encounter the other nations, they would look at a, a, at a nation with so great and so wise laws and then know that those wise and great laws come from a great and wise, almighty El Shaddai, Elohim, Yahweh, Yahweh. So that's the distinction why we keep the covenant. The other thing, we talk about the name thing. Well, it simply is. It's because we're supposed to be known by his name. And what has happened is that those same people, when you look in your Bible, like I hear a lot of Christians making a reference to the Most High, and they call him Jehovah. If you knew what the name Jehovah meant, you wouldn't say that. Think about this. <laughs> this ought to give you a clue. The name by which you call the Father, the creator of heaven and earth, is the same name a satanic devil-worshiping warlock, Rapstar, calls himself. Jay-Z. The J is for Jehovah. And if you look at the Greek phonetics of the word Jehovah, it means, and, and look at the origin of the words, it means the God of mischief, evilness, wickedness. That's literally what that name means. But now if you look up that name in your concordance, now the surprisingly thing that you're going to find that's going to make the connection with those who say they're Jews but are not in this significant line here, but of the synagogue of Satan, is that it says that the name Jehovah is the Jewish Name, national name for God. It didn't say that it has any biblical origin. It has any Hebrew significant origin. It says that it is the Jewish name for the state, the nation, those people who are over there in Israel. It said it is their name for the name of God. They call him Jehovah. Do you know Jehovah means the God of mischief, wickedness, and evilness? And that's why if you go to a Jay-Z concert and he gets to go into his trance and he gets the crowd all hyped up, he starts having saying, Hova, Hova, because they're chanting a satanic ritualistic word that they use in their, in their worship. Hey, can I, I want to hop in here if you don't mind. You there? Brother LSU? I think we lost Brother Elishua. I'm not hearing him, folks. Uh, Brother Elishua, I'm going to call you back because I can't hear you. You're probably talking, but I can't hear you. You must have muted yourself or something. So anyway, uh, we're just swinging. We're swinging, y'all. See, this brother is loaded. Um, brother Elishua, if you can hear me, call back that number. And uh, let me see if I can. Actually, let me see if I can call him back. Folks, let's do this. Take a little short break. And we're going to try to get a hold of this brother because he is on to something. And I just want to say before he comes back about Jehovah. Now, I know some of y'all, you know, you never heard that before. And you say Jehovah. Uh, 
I want to just say this. You know, Romans 2 talks about people that was didn't have no law. That means they didn't know what to call the Father. They didn't know what his name was or any of that. But yet, they just it was justified. They was uh, they was uh, blessed uh, with his blessing. Romans 2, I'm talking about the very end, where it talks about they didn't have the law, but they, here it is, that's what I meant to say, they were circumcised of the heart. So here was a people that did not have the law, they didn't know about what you call God, they didn't know about no feast days, they didn't know about no Sabbath, but they pleased the Father. According to the Scriptures, it says they was justified by their conscience. So, don't get bent out of shape because you don't, you may be saying Jehovah, you know, your heart, who is your heart calling upon? And that's who is really going to amount to. Because some of us call the Lord Waymaker. Well, that ain't in the Bible. Some of us call the Lord Burden Bear. They ain't in the Bible. Some of us call the, all kind of names. Well, if you call in Jehovah and you mean most high, I love you, I praise you, and that's what you think Jehovah means, guess what? That meaning, that's what it means. But this brother is showing you a more excellent way. He's actually giving you the exact name that our ancient people call. If I were you, I would correct it, but if you don't know it, you're not comfortable with it, you don't know who this brother is, just research it. In the meantime, continue to seek God with your heart. That's the main thing behind this. Let me call this brother back, and we're going to finish up. But I'm, I'm telling you, he is owning something, and there's nothing wrong with calling the father by his accurate name. Y'all, I know y'all don't have a problem with that, right? There's nothing wrong. So like Paul told the, the people on Mars Hill, I show you a more excellent way. You know, they had a, they had a sign that said, to the unknown God. And Paul came up there, and he says, you're worshiping. But I show you a more excellent way. See, what would we do today if we see somebody says have a sign and say to the unknown God, we will throw him out of the church and say, You're not worshiping the same God. But he didn't do that. He said, I'm talking about this same God. But I show you a more excellent way. We'll be right back. Let me get this brother on the line. We'll be right back, folks. Check this out. We'll be right back. And it's coming here. It's a little tired tribute. Y'all like this. It's coming. This, this, this is taking forever. So let's do this. Let's try another song here. Because I don't hear anything coming up on this song. But I hope y'all being blessed by what you're hearing anyway. I really do. Um, <laughs> this brother is swinging, and I just thank the Father for this revelation. I just thank the Father. <laughs> thank the Father for all that he's doing with these young people. Our young people could be do, doing so many other things with their time, but instead, here they are trying to return to the true heritage uh, that they've discovered in the Scriptures. And I mean, some of these these. They don't get no deeper. I mean, these kids are swinging, y'all. I wish y'all, maybe, we, maybe we'll try to bring some of them on next show if there's a next week. We don't know yet. But uh, anyway, we'll be right back. Let me call, reach out to Brother Ella Shore and get him on the line, and we're going to um, be right back.
okay, folks, I don't know what's going on. My my board is acting up. Everything is acting up. I'm going to refresh my computers. Hopefully, y'all can hear me. Um, just give us a minute. We're not we're not ending this show, so just give us a minute. I don't know what's going on with my boards, but just give us a minute, folks. Okay, folks. Again, we're not ending the show. Um, just trying to get the brother on the line. Y'all be patient with us, okay? Um, I'm sure the powers that be don't appreciate us on here talking about some fake Jews or some Jews by religion. And so these things happen all the time. Been doing this since 2011, and this is what happened. But there is a way I can get this brother on on a, on a three-way. Uh, so I'm going to try to do that, folks. Just Just bear with me. Bear with us. Okay. All right, we're back. Brother Ellis, are you there? Yes. Okay. Go ahead what you were saying. I don't know what happened. I lost the board. Both I got two computers on and both of them went down. And I know that it never happened unless somebody is doing something foul because these computers don't even they don't even connect it. So go ahead, brother, what you were saying. Don't miss, stay on that same point because I got a feeling this was not on. I'm, I'm telling y'all, folks, we go through this all the time. If you've been listening to five smooth songs since 2011, you know what I'm saying to be true. So go ahead and finish your point, please. Well, as I was saying about that, uh, when we look at the, the differences that we talk about covenant-keeping Israelites versus Christians are either those who are Israelites who, as you have some who, as I said, they embrace only Moses. The scripture clearly says that, uh, that even Moses said this when we look at the law, when we look at the law being dedicated to the first five books of the Bible. Moses said this when he was talking to the children of Israel about the things that would befall them in the last days. And he says that God, that the Most High would raise them because of them a prophet, and to that prophet they are to hear him. And the first thing is that when they came in, John, in the book of John, and when the Israelites came, and they came to interrogate John uh, as to, you know, his baptisms and what type of baptism would have you, and um, he said to him, they asked John, the first question they asked him, are you that prophet? Well, the question is, is that if you don't understand what Moses said in the book of Deuteronomy, well, you wouldn't understand the significance of the questions of those Jews, when, of those uh, uh, Pharisees and those scribes when they asked John the Baptist, are you that prophet? Meaning, are you the one in whom Moses spoke of? Well, of course, when Christ came, we know him to be the fulfillment of that prophet. And so, therefore, when we talk about covenant keeping, Moses, Moses pointed to to Christ. He pointed to the Messiah. So therefore, when we're talking about the election according to grace, that if you don't embrace the Messiah, then it's simply put, you're not within that election according to grace. And for the most part, what you will continue to do is suffering and bear the brunt of the curse 
that we as a people something came upon us because of the fact that we defiled our land, we didn't keep our Sabbath, and then at the combination of it, we rejected the very one that he sent to us. The scripture clearly says in regards to Christ, the Messiah, it says he came into his own, and his own received him not. Christ did not come. His, his mission and his objective was not to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. No, that's why the scripture says it is first to the Jew and, to, and then to the Gentile, because Christ came unto Israel, but Israel rejected him. He said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how will it gather you as a hen gathers of chickens, chickens, but you would not have it? And so because of that, the kingdom should be taken un, from you and given unto another people who would bear its fruits. And that's what we talked about when we talked about the Gentiles. In the last verse, let me do this because I want to. I want to before you run. I want again us to hit because people are tuning in to hear specifically the difference between Hebrewism and Christianity. So I want to do this if you don't mind. If you don't mind, if you want to finish up, that's not a problem. I'll do that. I can wait. I can wait a minute. You tell me which one you want to do. But I want to ask you pointed questions that I know that people have about Israelites that they're hearing and seeing on Facebook. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, again, well, let, let's, you know what, let's do this. If we want to I do mean, that. I mean, the reason why but I'm saying this, brother, to, go ahead, go ahead. No, I think that's a good idea. It's a good idea, but I, I just want this last point. I want people to know because a lot of times people come away and they're listening to the, the, the a discussion on this particular issue. And they come away believing, are these people cults? Do they believe in the Messiah? You know, what are their particular beliefs? Well, the reality, as I said, the difference and the distinction thing is a covenant-keeping Israelite. If a covenant-keeping Israelite embraces Yeshua as the Messiah, because he understands that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness, but Christ is not the end of the law in its absoluteness, because even he said that in Matthew chapter 5, he said, think not that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets, no, but to fulfill. So the question is, it's real simple. If the prophecies have not been completely fulfilled, neither has the law. And we will not come into that until he comes to reign and rule from Jerusalem, from Israel, and rule and govern the world upon his second return. So again, we're right. in no. that phase. No. Now the difference between... The difference between a, a Christian, a Christian says the law is obsolete. There we go. When they hear, when, when they read the scripture and it says that Christ is the end, and Paul, because this is who they blame, Paul is one of the most misrepresented figures in the whole history of the Bible, and it says that Christ, that Paul said the law is obsolete, that the Paul is over with. No, you're misunderstanding Paul's law. Paul is talking about in regards to justification. And I covered that point from the beginning that we're not justified by the keeping of the law, but we're justified by the believing of the faith in the Son who died and shed his blood for the remissions of our sins according to the law. So that is a difference between Christians and Israelites. They think that the law is done away with. It's in. It's over with. So therefore, when we get to the discussion of Israel, that's why I come out read that scripture from Romans chapter 11, because the first thing they want to do is that they want to replace Christians. Uh, and so many Christians believe in replacement theology. They believe that now they have become Israel and that the natural seed of Israel is no more longer significant in the plan of, of God and the end times event. That nothing could be further from the truth. And I just read you the scripture, right, that it shows it, that proves it, that that's not so. Another difference is, is we talk about this issue of the name. Um, uh, when we talk about names, 
uh, Christians refer to the Messiah as Jesus. Well, here's the thing. Guess what? Linguistically, that is an impossibility for his name to be Jesus and be accurate. Why? Because first of all, remember, the Messiah was born in something like 3rd third century uh, B.C. Let's read it again. That's why we have a division from the A.D. and the B.C. Before Christ and then A.D. Adonai after Christ or the Christian Roman era or the Christian era, not Roman, Christian era. But again, he was born around the turn of the century. Well, guess what? The English language did not even come into an existence until like the 12th century. And oh no, I'm sorry, like the seventh century, but the actual addition to the letter J did not even come into existence until sometime around the twelfth century in England, and it began to become more popular all up until the fifteenth century. So how could his name begin with a J? How could his name begin with a J if a J didn't exist? Brother Lashu, let me just jump in just a little quick, a second. Now, it rattled me when I heard. Someone say what this brother is saying. It rattled me for about a year. Again, folks, be familiar with Romans 2, the very end, where it talks about those that did not have no law. They didn't know what his name was. They didn't know about no Sabbath. They didn't know about no holy days. They didn't know about Yeshua. They didn't know nothing. They may be in the bushes of Africa, the bushes of wherever bushes are at. I don't want to just say Africa because Africa ain't no one with bushes, but they could be Bushmen, and they never heard none of this. But the Bible say they had the law written on their hearts. Don't this brother is showing you a more excellent way? Do you want to know what they call the Messiah? I mean, what they actually called him? Do you listen to this brother? If you think, well, I don't know, I don't, y'all rally me. You're saying, first of all, we Jews, and I'm still laying on the floor from that. I ain't got up off the floor from that. Okay, if it's just too much for you. Don't lose your salvation like I almost did. Just keep calling him Jesus, but research what the brother is saying. The letter J is not that old. And remember, it's the heart. When you call him Jesus or Waymaker, Waymaker ain't his name either. Burden Bearer ain't his name. It ain't no one in Hebrew, Burden Bearer. Waymaker, you know. These are things we call him. Well, you can call him Jesus, if that's all you know. Well, if I were you, I would go and search the things like the Bereans and see if these things be so. But don't lose your salvation because you think you're calling the wrong God. You're not calling. You're calling on the right Elohim. You're just calling by a Greco-Roman influence into the scriptures. That's all he's saying. Go ahead, brother. Okay. And, and again, as I said, it is not. It is therefore linguistically impossible. Therefore, semantically. To, that, that the Messiah's name, the name of the Son of God, the name of the Son of Yahweh, <laughs> the Great I Am, that His name could be Jesus, because again, is that He was born at a time where the language in which you get the word derived, the word Jesus, did not even exist. His name was Hebrew, and it tells you in the book of Matthew, I believe it is, or uh, Luke, the first chapter, it tells you His name what his name should be called. Well, if you look that up in the Hebrew, you're going to come up with either one of two things. It's basic on how you pronounce it. You're going to either come up with Yahweh or Yahweh. I mean, I'm sorry, you're going to need to come up with Yahshua or Yahweh Shah. But we don't show no his name according to the languages 
is it literally impossible to be named Jesus. Does that mean that people yeah. who have called upon the name Jesus are now all of a sudden they lost their salvation is in vain? No, not at all. Because when you came into the kingdom, you didn't come into the kingdom based upon the phonetic sound of a name. Because guess what? Even if his name was Jesus or Yahweh, guess what? Did you know how many little Hebrew boys that was running around in Israel with the same name? So in the name itself, there is no all of a sudden inherent power. The name is in the authority by the one who has held that power. That name points to the one who holds the authority. And so when you say that you are baptized in the name of Jesus, name of Yahweh, what you're saying is I'm baptized in the authority of the power of the Son of God. Amen. That's what empowers you. Beautiful. That's why I come on. Now let's do this. let me let me do this because I think they got it. You said yeah, instead of uh, Jesus, it was Yeshua or Yahweh. Variations of that. So when y'all heard somebody say Yahweh, they're talking about Yeshua. Some of y'all know Yeshua. So if you're comfortable with Yeshua, you're not familiar with Yahweh, just like me. I haven't done the extensive research to find Yahweh, so I say Yeshua. It's, the, it's very, just like Yahweh and, and Yahweh. You hear this brother say Yahweh. And I know what y'all thinking because I know what I first think. Some of y'all, some of y'all may not have thought what I thought. But I'm like, is he calling on a different God? Is he calling on a different God? If you don't know Yahweh, say. <laughs> oh, you think that's funny, my brother? <laughs> but when I first heard somebody say Yahweh, I'm like, whoa. No, I, have a, I have a very close person in my I have a very close person in my family, and they were calling me one time and explaining to me how that one of their friend's daughters had all of a sudden got into this Hebrew Israelite movement, and they run around worshiping this this thing called Yahweh or Yahu or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm going to do some Yahu. I forgot about that. <laughs> When she said it, I gave the same response. I just broke out laughing on the phone, and she was like, I'm so glad you think this is him. And, and listen, listen, listen. Now, maybe uh, we probably have to do a, but we need brother, brother Yeshua on here to say this, but there is a scripture, folks, that says when Israel began to resurrect, they would start taking on names of their foreparents. So that means they must not already have their name right. I'm going to say it again. Right. And our brother, yes, our brother uh, LSU, if you think, think of the scripture, that'd be wonderful. But there is a scripture, and it says it very clear. When Israel began to resurrect, because again, the Father is going to scatter him. He says, I'll call the remembrance of you to cease among all nations. There was going to be a time in history where nobody knew uh, nothing about no Jew because they was in captivity. And God said, I would do that. The most I said, I would do that. All Yahweh said, I would do that. Now, watch this, folks. Then he said when they began to resurrect, they were taking on names of their of their uh, 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 ancient ancient bloodline. Now, that's what y'all are seeing today on Facebook. All these people calling it Hebrew names, Hebrew names. Y'all probably been making fun of them, but that's all scripture. Am I right, brother? Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, when you talk about this simple name issue, people ask me, because, Seth, if you remember, when I first became aware and began to come awake to this reality is that I said, well, you know, I don't have any <clears throat> intent or desire to change my name or to alter my name. And it was not something I initiated. It was something that the Most High basically pricked my attention 
and brought to my attention. And the significant thing in which he showed me is this. As I, I spoke about the issue of covenant-keeping Israelites, is that when Mosiah called Abraham, remember, his name was not originally Abraham. It was Abram. But what happened when he entered into that covenant with the Most High, that's when the Most High in Genesis chapter 15 changed his name. Because the name was an indication of the covenant that Abraham had with the God, the El of all creation. So that when you talk about the name things, yeah, you know, it's a different. But as again, with any movement, with any movement, and people, my education is literally in church history. And I have literally studied the history from the inception of the church to the present. And I'm telling you, with any movement, and I'm meaning the movements that are sound movements, movements that we know are authentic, true movements of the most high, you're going to always have a people who are on the fringes of it and who basically many of the times because they're outside of what I would call the, that, 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 co- that covering that comes in being a part of the pillar and ground of truth. The pillar and ground of truth. That's what anchors us. And, that, and it says what? Chief Christ is the chief cornerstone that anchors that foundation together. So simply put, if you're outside of that, you're going to come up with some crazy stuff. That's just the truth. That's the Absolutely. Truth. Absolutely. And let me add to that real quick. Folks, listen. Listen. Brother Elishua, do you believe, I hate to say this because you haven't been saying it all night, but I know people are listening again. I send this, this link to all kind of groups. So Christian groups, all kind of groups. So let's say this. Let me ask you point blank. Do you believe the Messiah came to this earth? That died, rose again, and is going to return. Did he die for our sins? Do you believe all that? Absolutely. Okay, do you believe he had a father? Do you believe he was the father, like some people? Oh, I believe he had a father. And I believe that what Absolutely. he is a father. Okay. Of, a, all right, so y'all see this, brother. Life. Belief system is, is almost, it's is pretty much the same. The difference is. I believe now. This is just me, and I'm a, he. He talked. He elaborated. I'm. I'm, I'm looking at a second. I've never timed myself. I'm gonna try to say this in thirty seconds. The difference with Hebrew Israelites versus Christian is this: the Most High commanded Israel to do some things forever, no matter where He scattered them. He said it when all thy dwellers knew they were, knew that they was gonna be outside of Israel. So that's why a lot of them adhere to keeping the Shabbat. Okay, a lot of them adhere to Old Testament laws. No one to be justified by those laws. Brother LSU and I tells them you can keep all the laws you want in the Old Testament. You're not going to be justified by them. You're justified by his blood. But, and I missed my 30 seconds, but I'm going to try to wrap this up as quick as possible. Folks, no one can be justified by keeping the law, by your name, by changing the name, by calling the Father Yahweh, Yahweh Shah, wearing fringes on your garment like Israel did, growing your beard long. All of these things is just our custom. And if you are indeed Israel, why wouldn't you want to dress like your forefathers? This They can see you, I believe. I believe that. That's another whole Bible study. But what I'm saying is, why not be like the people you are? Why keep acting like some invention from white folks? And I'm talking about powerful people. Why continue to act like niggas, so to speak? There is a such thing which is an invention of white people. Why, why continue to, to act like this this people that is born out of oppression when you are royalty, like the song said coming on? You are royalty. If what we're saying is true, you 
African Americans are royalty. And if you're a white, so-called white brothers and sisters, or you outside of the African American community, you don't live out Deuteronomy 28 or Leviticus 26, you should be excited for us. You should fund this. You should promote this. You should teach your daughters and your sons. Those people is royalty. According to our bloodline. Now, since Christ has come, this is not nowhere near as important as those that are in the kingdom through the blood and in the spirit. The, the spiritual Jew is 700,000 times more important than the natural Jew. Well, why are y'all here talking about this then? Because you will never understand your plight in America without this revelation. The Father's going to look like he's picking on you. You're not going to understand your people. You're going to hate your own people because you're not going to understand why we're stumbling and falling over each other. Can't get it together as a nation. Remember, not individually if you obey the Most High. You're not going to understand the Bible. The Bible's not going to make sense. It's going to contradict itself if you look at the people in Israel as the true Jews. There are always these conflict in the Middle East, always, 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 until the world acknowledge this revelation. So, white brothers and sisters, you are commanded by the Most High to preach His Word, right? You can't ignore Ezekiel 37. That's talking about us. You can't ignore Deuteronomy 28, verse 16, slave ships. That's talking about us. Why would you dare not teach this in your churches? So, this is why this brother sounds the way he sounds. He don't go in the churches because they won't have him. They won't have me because we, it ain't the only thing we talk about. We talk about the whole Bible. But when we come across Israel, we're going to let them know who Israel is in a respectful manner, and that will get you in trouble. So we need y'all, everybody listening. Brother LSU ain't just preaching something. This is your message. This is your, if you, y'all, hey, before you thought it was black or before you even heard this, how much support did you give the people of Israel? Well, give African Americans the same amount of respect. Brother, go ahead. I want you to finish up here, and then I want to um, close out the show. You're doing a fabulous job, okay. and again, I thank you for coming on, and I think you've nailed it. Uh, I don't know if you hit the dress code yet, because they see a lot of these young people wearing fringes. A lot of them are growing the beards, and again, they're doing all types of things according to the Old Testament. And folks, by the way, one real, one quick thing about the feast days. Brother Oshu and I are different. Like, Brother sure. I don't want to get too deep in this because this can be another whole hour, and I don't want to open this up. But let me just say this. Some people keep the Shabbat uh, physically, like it's one day. But else you and I are different. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm almost scared to say this because you go. But I don't always keep the Shabbat like the day, the physical day. And if I can, I will because I know that's what our foreparents did. But I do know where the Scripture talks about let us labor to enter into his rest. And it talks about another Sabbath, a more spiritual Sabbath, where we cease to rest for the rest of our life. Our life is supposed to be a Sabbath. So I don't believe just one day you're supposed to be holy and then all the other days. I think you're supposed to be, the Sabbath is supposed to be a rest now. And I know some of my brothers just believe it's one day you, you do all this holy stuff and you don't do that same thing every day. I can't imagine being more holy on Saturday than I can on Monday. So maybe you can talk about that a little bit, but that's how I believe. I just can't see me doing nothing on Saturday that I'm not going to do any other time. That's, and the Bible says that the Sabbath was given as a type and shadow. So I don't want to stay in tap types and shadows when the Father done said, since Christ has came, now I want you to labor to enter into the rest for your life. So that's why I don't 
I still keep the Sabbath because it's an ancient culture thing our people did, and I like feeling like I'm doing something that the whole nation is doing all over the, all over the world, but I don't look at it like most people do. And same thing with the feast days. I try my best to keep the feast days because he said keep these things in all your dwellings, so I do it. Okay, now that's one thing I try to do. Uh, but at the same time, they was given for a type and shadow. Now, the feast days, it's, it's a little bit different than the Sabbath because he, he makes it very clear about another day, you know, a, a, let us a labor to enter into his rest. And there's a lot of teaching on that out there. But the feast days, I feel like that's what we need to be doing as a nation to sit down, sit our kids down on the, you know, and, and say this is the day that the, the Father brought us across, you know. Um, and, and so... I believe in observing the new year. I believe in the feast days, but I don't try to be justified by none of it. I just think as a nation we should adhere to it from a culture standpoint versus these holy, these holidays. I like the holy days over the holidays because, this, again, this is our culture. Brother Ellis, you'll comment on that as quick as you can. I know you want to really get into that, but try to wrap that no, up no, and just quick. any I'm last words, please. <laughs> okay, I'm going I'm, to I'm put this there to you like Lily I uh, AK-47 shooting. Here it go. And this is it. I'm going to bring in the feast and all of this, and there's one point on dealing with the Sabbath. Okay. As I said, we do not keep the law to become justified. Keeping the Sabbath is a part of the law, as well as keeping the feast days. But we do not do them to become justified, and that is clarified in Exodus chapter 31 when the Messiah, I'm sorry, when the Father the Most High is speaking to Israel through the person of prophet of Moses. He said, the Sabbath is a sign between you and I, just as well as the law is a sign between you and I. And guess what? The feast days are signs of indications. They're literally prophetic events. They're the prophetic, well, I would say, yeah, a prophetic events that, that point to a prophetic occurrence in the future. Now, I'm going to deal with the Sabbath one to just bring this all in together, and I'm going to leave you like that, and I'll catch you on the next time. Here's the thing. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that yet, yet there still remaineth a rest to the people of God. So if the, Now, I agree with Seth more than he knows because, simply put, I believe that when you enter into the rest of God, you cease from your own works. And that is literally encapsulized or realized when you are walking in the spirit and you follow the spirit because you're doing what the will of the spirit is and not your own will. And in that you find rest, just like when Christ said that in doing the father's will, he finds energy me when they came to find him. And he says, has anybody gave you food? And he was menacing the people. He said, no, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. That's how you enter into that rest. But yet, even in that, the scripture clearly says that yet there remaineth the rest of the people of God. And that's why we keep the Sabbath, because the Sabbath is a sign pointing to the seventh millennial reign, which is the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ. And that's where we cease from our work, and we kick back, and the lamb should lay down with the lion, and the child should pick up the snake and talk with it, and we're going to be completely at rest. But what points to that? Keeping the Sabbath. It's pointing. It's a prophetic event that points to a prophetic occurrence in the future. And that's what every feast day does, including the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. And it pointed to a prophetic event that would happen in the future. And guess what? It's called harvest. And now we get into the issue to where we now eclipse Hebrew Israelite now. Israelitism in the sense that we've come to understand it. We eclipse the church as we clearly understand it. And but guess what? That's where Christ came to preach, 
but even the church don't preach it. He did not come preaching Christianity. He did not come preaching religion. It says he went into the wilderness for 40 days, and he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. And when he came out, he went forth, and he began to teach from that time forth into the culmination of his ministry, repent for the kingdom of Elohim, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Yahweh is at hand. Everything else is nothing but religion. Thank y'all for listening to me. I thank you for one does me tonight. I appreciate you. I really got to go because I got children. I got to put a bed and I'm keeping them woke. But uh, well, brother, listen. Thanks again for everything. Thanks again for everything. Appreciate you coming on. I'm gonna wrap it up myself. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on. And uh, we'll be in touch, brother. Everybody, as brother LSU. One more time, tell them how they can hit you up with questions or comments later off the air, please quickly. You can contact me at Facebook under LSU Israel Ellison, and you can email me at electofisrael at yahoo.com. That's elect of Israel at yahoo.com, and it's spelled just like it sounds. All right, brother. Well, thank you, and I appreciate everything, okay? All right. Bless everyone. Have a blessed week. All right. Shalom. All right, folks. You can't get no better than that, brother Elishua. Running, running, running. Got to go take care of his children. But I appreciate the time he shared with us. Again, folks. It's not that much difference between Hebrewism and Israel. Uh, you can know you're Israelite and stay at your church and continue to do the serve and follow from your heart. Just know why those slave ships came. Fulfilling prophecy. Just know why we're going through what we're going through as a nation. Fulfilling prophecy. One thing we didn't get into, and it's a shame on us for not doing it, but we tried, and that is we didn't talk too much about the solution of how to get out. We hit it a little bit. But there are several reasons, seven ways that Israel is going to come out of this. Number one, Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, "If my people, which are called my name, if my people, and that's not every nation. I used to think it was every nation. I used to think it was the church. I would think it was the no. It may be believers that may have been called by His name, but with this, this is talking about a nation. It's talking about a nation. There were seventy nations in the Bible. Not all of them was called by His name. There's only one called by His name. So this does not relate to everybody." It's a nation. It's just addressed to a nation, not individuals. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, this is a solution. How do you get out of this? How, how do we as a nation get out of this? It has to be a nation effort. You say, well, I can't make my nation do it. I know. So this is where we have to live it our own selves and pray for our nation because there's no way any one of us is just going to make a nation or do these things, but we can do what me and Brother Elisha is doing and preach and at least let them know why they're going through what they're going through and have them to change one household at a time. But here it goes. Second Chronicles 7, 14 is a solution for Israel. If my people, which are called by my name, shall, number one, humble themselves, number two, pray, number three, seek my face, number four, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land, heal their land, heal their land. And if you're going to heal the land, obviously we're going to be in the land. Now, one more time, Second Chronicles 7, 14, if my people which shall call my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, and then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Folks, that's all we're trying to get you to do, uh, trying to get individually one by one, one family at a time, 
to just turn to the Most High in your own way. You don't have to join no movement. You don't have to even say you're Hebrew Israelite. We're just simply presenting that we are Israel. Uh, white America listening tonight, anybody else all over the planet, y'all can understand your Bible better if you use this key, this revelation, and take those people in Israel who we love and respect as people, but we don't believe they're Israel. We don't believe they're Israel. We believe they, they are descendants from the Khazar Empire. And a lot of want to tell you this. If y'all just do a little research, you can get a lot of Israelites, a so-called Israelis, saying what we're saying. Some of them say what we're saying. Yes, some of the so-called Jews will say you're the real Jews. So I hope that y'all got something out of this. Man, I know you did. I know you did. I was blessed by just hearing some of those things again. And uh, we'll probably do another part next week. I don't know yet quite. I learned not to put my word out there yet. We may do a Douglas Kennedy Family Friends and Network show. I don't know yet. So you have to just tune in and uh, just I'll send notices to the family if we are to do a show. We're not done with the Douglas Kennedy Family Friend Network shows. I'm letting the family know that right now. Right now we're just taking a break, taking a well-deserved break. And, uh, again, if you haven't heard that, haven't heard from Darlene Douglas, the, the reunion has been canceled. No reunion in August this year. It has been canceled. We'll keep you updated on what will happen. Darlene will. Um, there are some people still going to Austin. If you still want to go, Darlene has asked you to get a Get, get a hold of her, but no reunion this year for the Douglas Candy family. So we just continue to build as a nation uh, through this blog and through the Ed Isabel page and, and through Facebook and all the, the various ways we have come together. Okay? Listen, I love every single one of y'all. and ain't nothing you can do about it. You've been listening to, again, Five Smooth Stones. Uh, preaching one of those stones, which the stones are nothing more than five topics, and this is one of the topics out of the five, the revelation of the Israelites. And tonight we just focused on the difference in our belief systems. Again, seek the Father and uh, and, and, and and use this key as you will not understand why we're in, this, in America. You won't understand why people go through so much. And let me just finish up the other the other ways we get delivered. I've mentioned Second Chronicles seven fourteen. There's another scripture that says, Y'all have to bear with me, you know, I'm a little rusty and we're closing out here, but there's another scripture that says it very clear. When the heathen begin to boast and start saying that he is doing this to us instead of giving the proper credit to God for chastising us. Instead of him saying those that are in power that know exactly who we are, instead of them saying they are the people of God, they're the people of Yah Yahweh. Instead of them telling the truth when they begin to start saying, we did it, we're doing it, they're under our control, that the Father would get jealous and would resurrect his people, a remnant of them, out of anger at the heathen that rule over them. So that's the second way. And that's really the way I'm banking on. I'm not banking on Second Chronicles 714 because it don't look like nowhere near that we're about to turn from our wicked ways and seek his face and all that. I'm looking on the Father to have mercy on Israel. That's my prayer, that he have mercy upon Israel. He considered the heathen as just boasting that he rules, he's ruling over us, and that we're in his hand, like they are saying in so many ways. This is what I look for to redeem us as a people. But there is redemption coming, and already, uh, don't forget Ezekiel 37, that say eventually Israel will be resurrected. Uh, Ezekiel 37. So I want to just say good night. I'm going to leave with a uh, song that uh, I think is really going to touch a lot of hearts. 
I always try to play something that's really going to be um, uh, just touching to, 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 to everyone. So check this out, and we'll see you next week with either the Douglas Kennedy uh, show or either another public show as this one. Good night. God bless you. I want to be free from sin. I 